Yo, what up, this white clef with Mary J. The girls with my acoustic guitars, you know what I'm saying? Yo, fellas having problems with the chicks. I want you right now to turn the lights down low. Pull your girl up next to you. I want you to sing. If Jeff comes for me tonight, girl, I want you to know that I love you. And no matter how tough I would appear, only to you I would reveal my tears. Tell the police I ain't home tonight Messing around with you is gonna give me life But when I look into your eyes Man, you're worth that sacrifice If this is the kind of love that my mom used to warn me about Man, I'm in trouble I'm in real big trouble If this is the kind of love that the old folks used to warn me about Man, I'm in trouble I'm in real big trouble I need y'all to do me a favor Someone please call 911 Pick up the phone, yo Tell them I just been shot down In the bullets in my heart They don't get Nathan, but penetration Unless it smells like sanitation Garbage, I turn like doorknobs Heart throb never, black and ugly as ever However, I stay Gucci down to the socks 
rings and watch filled with rocks. Uh. And my jam not in the Mitsubishi. Girls peepee when they see me. Navajo creep me in they teepee. As I lay down laws like island coppets. Stop it. If you think they're gonna make a profit. Don't see my ones, don't see my guns. Get it? Now tell your friends, Papa, hit it. Then split it in two. As I flow with the junior mafia. I don't know what the hell's stopping ya. I'm clocking ya. Versace shade watching ya. Once the grin, I'm in game begin. First I talk about how I dress is this and diamond necklaces, stretch Lexuses, the sex is just immaculate. From the back I get deeper and deeper, help you reach the climax that your man can't make. Call him, tell him you'll be home real late and sing the break, huh? I got that good love, girl, you didn't know? Sick of that song on how it's so long. Thought he worked his until I handled my biz. There I is. Major pain like Damon Wayne's. Low down dirty even like his brother Keenan Scheming. Don't leave your girl around me. True player for real. Ask Puff Dad D. You ring your bells with bags from Chanel. Baby Ben's traded in your Hyundai XL. Fully equipped CD changer with the cell. She beat me, beat me at 12. Where you at? Flipping job, playing car notes. While I'm swimming in your women like the breaststroke. Right stroke, left stroke was the best stroke. Death stroke, tongue all down the throat. Nothing left to do but send her home to you. I'm through. Can you sing the song for me, boo? I got that good love, girl. You didn't know. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Friday. TGIF, we made it. Good morning to all of our listeners around the world. Logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Good morning to everyone listening online on JanoRadio.com. And of course, I gotta say good morning to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where I, you know, my studio audience resides. It is Friday, October 28th, Freestyle Friday. I'm mixing, up, mixing it up today. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Oh, no. 
You can find me on Twitter at me media moments. On Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. You can also find me on TikTok, moments with me media. And the me in everything is M I. I am so ready for the weekend. Kind of busy weekend for me tonight. I got a homecoming football game, son number three, and then tomorrow it's his homecoming. And then Sunday, I got to get my nails done. And in the midst of that, got to get the housework done, grocery shopping done, get some rest in. What do you have planned for your weekend? Whatever it is, make sure you hit that reset button. Money, I'm a front you, girl. I wanna flaunt you. Right. I'ma always want you when nobody wants you. Uh-huh. If I die now, my love will still haunt you. Mace ain't the one that'll pay for your phone. Mace be the one that'll take you home. That's Even right. It's a beautiful 70 degrees and sunny where I am. I'm in South Florida. Beautiful weather outside. Bad boy, get more money than you can count. And yes, we South Floridians, once it hits 70 degrees, we pull out the shawls, yep, the scarves and the boots. It's cold for us. we have coming up for you today. In the Caribbean corner, Guyana makes National Geographic's 35 destinations for 2023 list. Out of Jamaica, which Jamaican are you? And the Prime Minister says the government has no intentions to sell Bob Marley Beach. Malika McLeod has lawyered up as she prepares to fight $50 million Sagicor bank fraud case. Morgan defends Juliet Holness over PNP unsafe living remark. And a man assaults sister over a plate of food. I thought I was bad. They're real serious. They're worse than me. I don't play when it comes around to my stewed peas. And I only eat stewed peas if it's made with corned pork or pig's tail can't have no beef or ox tail or chicken foot in my stupid very sorry but anyway i'll give you a little story around that later on in news out of north america u.s midterms how will issues like abortion and gun control play out in texas 
Foster family fights for baby boy after judge decides to deport child to Haiti. Texas chief says state police did not fail in Uvalde. Eight are found dead in a Tulsa suburb house fire and homicide is spared. Capitol rioter who dragged officer into mob sentenced to more than seven years in prison. In international news, Ugandan government under fire as Ebola outbreak spreads in Kampala. Rishi Sunak, how the U.S. shaped Britain's new leader. And the Pope warns against the consumption of porn. Says it's a very, it's a vice that so many people have, even priests and nuns. <laughs> Pope. Leave us alone. In the Latin American corner, Canada sends delegation to Haiti to assess security crisis. In business and tech news, how Elon Musk financed his $44 billion Twitter takeover. Elon Musk begins Twitter reign by firing CEO and top executives. Amazon warns costs may eviscerate profits. Shares crash. In health and science news, FDA recalls mighty bliss heating pads sold through Amazon and Walmart. Uh, doctors concerned about the helium shortage that could stop hospitals from performing MRIs. In sports news, Spain prosecutors drop charges against Neymar. Ah, my wish came through. Anyway, Stephen Curry scores 33 as Warriors hold off the Heat 123 to 10. And believe it or not, stories. You know something? I'm dead ass serious. I am going to find something to sue for. Yeah. I I'm going to find something to sue for. There must be something because two customers sue California Weed Company over alleged low THC levels in purchased weed. Really? Deputies find a young boy locked in kennel outside. Stepmother, father, and stepmother's aunt have been arrested. We're going to have the details of these stories and more. And yes, Clubhouse is tripping big time. Not sure what's going on. So for my Clubhouse folks, as you come in, do me a favor. Share the space, please. Um, you can ping the regulars because I don't know what's going on. Um, sometimes you can see the club. Sometimes you can't see the club. I don't know. I think they low-key hating. <laughs> That's all I must say. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we have the details. Keep it locked.
be the man, wanna see you doing good. I don't wanna get rich, leave you in the hood. Girl, in my eyes, you the baddest. The reason why I love you, you don't like me, cause my status. I don't wanna see you with a carriage, living average. I wanna do my thing so we be established. And I don't want you rocking the fabric. Girl, I wanna give you carriage till you feel you a rabbit. Anything in your path, once you can have. Walk through the mall, if you like it, you could grab. Total it all up and put it on my tab. And then tell your friends all the fun you had. Tell me what you want from me. Come here to pop by. You don't like the way it's hot ties looking at Scotta. In the 600, ain't no smoking cigarra. Come over here, I think I see your baby fada. Here go the number to my casa. If you in a rush, you call me manana. Whatever you need, girlfriend, I got the whole enchilada. Just the way you like it, mate's gonna do you papa. Girl, I could tell you it's me. Thank you to all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Thank you to everyone also listening on JanoRadio.com. And a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. Do have to ask my Clubhousers one favor as you come in. Uh, share the space in the hallways for me, please, because for some reason, folks are not seeing the club. Not sure what's going on with Clubhouse. It's not the first time it has happened to Coffee Angel. Seems to be a trend with us. I don't know. <laughs> I am Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, moments with me media. It is Friday, TGIF. Hope you all had a wonderful week and are ready for the weekend. Going to try our best to help out as best as we can right here. With music. Like presto, yes. Meantime, I'll wait for the next time. She come around for a toast to the best time. Coming up after the Black Eyed Peas, we're going to have the details. And we are starting off in the Caribbean corner. Smile and a combo. Got me high and I ain't coming down, yo. My heart's pumping out louder than electro. She got me feeling like Mr. Robacho. Can't come down, so please come help me out. You got me feeling high, and I can't step off the cloud. And I just can't get enough. Boy, I think about it every night day. I'm addicted, wanna do You are inside the Friday mix. Whatever goes today. I wouldn't wanna have it in way. I'm addicted, and I just can't get enough. Switch up. Switch up. Switch up. I just can't switch up. Lock sunk in your bed, rock hot, up in your love shot. Knock out by your cold shot. I'm stuck in your head. Switch up. Switch up. Addicted, I can't get away from you. Afflicted, I need it, I miss it. Switch up. 
I want you loving right next to me And I can't erase you out of my memory And it's time for us to get into the details. And we're starting off with our story out of Guyana, courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Guyana makes National Geographic's 35 destinations for a 2023 list. National Geographic UK has recognized Guyana's unspoiled natural beauty and named it as one of its 35 destinations for 2023 and beyond. The publication listed Guyana as the 13th best location for travelers to visit. The 35 destinations were ranked in the following categories, culture, nature, adventure, community, and family. Guyana was listed among the best countries for nature. Thick rainforests, sprawling savannas, magical mountain ranges, and epic rivers. Guyana may be one of South America's smaller nations, but it packs a big punch for nature lovers. Go to get truly off-grid. Similar in size to the UK, Guyana is home to fewer than a million people and river off-road or air transport are often the only routes into the heart of it all. Natural highlights range from jaguars stalking dense forests to giant anteaters on the savannas, harpy eagles in the skies, and wow moments like some of the falls. One of the world's highest single drop waterfalls, sorry, and twice as high as Victoria Falls, resides in Guyana. The number of ecotourism experiences in community-run lodges is growing too. National Geographic noted that from March 2023, UK and European travelers would have easier access to Guyana as British Airways will begin flying to the country. The new route will see travelers from Europe leave London's Gatwick International Airport before making a quick stop in St. Lucia and then landing at Guyana's Chedi Jagan or Jagan International Airport. Guyana and Trinidad and Tobago were the only Caribbean countries to make the list. Sorry for the rest of the Caribbean. We did not make the cut. Yeah. But you know what? I will not be biased. Big up Guyana. Big up yourself. Trinidad and Tobago. Good job. Keep it going. All right. Next up, courtesy of Nationwide Radio, uh, Radio JM.com, which Jamaican are you? This is written by a Rodney Campbell. In 2022 Jamaica, we still seem to be preoccupied with who is Jamaica. <laughs> ah, white, red, brown, 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 dark, brown, black, and black, black. Three things, in my opinion, are mainly responsible for this continued confusion shrouded and clouded in an undercurrent of racism and classism. A constant deficiency in the equal distribution of first-class education to all. A lack of actual physical international exposure through travels of resident citizens and a seeming refusal in some quarters to graduate from history class without thinking they've abandoned the subject. In some instances, it has required a trip outside of Jamaica for many who thought they were really white to be corrected. 
The national motto out of many one people seems to be in need of serious revision, since conveniently we still pick and choose occasions to talk about we as black people, these brown people, and all the rest, while we as Jamaicans is also used for appropriate moments. The more approved minds like to point to statistics which say the majority of Jamaicans are black and as such express a louder voice. So are we suggesting that Jamaicans who have darker complexion are more entitled to gain benefits within our society? When certain statements are made and the complexion of the majority is used as a justification in today's Jamaica, they should be cut down hastily like a ready cane field. The former Prime Minister P.J. Patterson declared it was black man time now, and many sought to dismiss it as just a political ploy to hype the masses. However, that statement was racist in utterance, severely divisive, rooted and grounded on the basis of race and complexion. Were all the other previous leaders white? Or he believed he was more black than the rest, or the real black. Added to the already distasteful remark came a suggestion that if he came off the platform and stood in the crowd, it would be hard to differentiate since he would naturally blend and fit. It is indeed shameful that educated minds in Jamaica still support it, though it served no other purpose than a divisive intent. 60 years after independence, but many still promote a concept this country has worked hard to remove and reject. In Jamaica, there is no school, community, profession, or position that now belongs only to a certain complexion or gender. People around the world, even some Jamaicans, say, you don't look Jamaican. (laughs) The response is usually, how is a Jamaican supposed to look? The history and background of many families might show a distant genesis and mix from all across the world. But when it comes down to basic brass, we say, Some think moving ahead equates to forgetting the past, which is a footstool for fools. Ignorance promoted by the educated distorts history and makes the uneducated profoundly misinformed. Maybe we should just abandon and simply change our national motto to read out of many, some people. (laughs) That article written by Rodney Campbell. Yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but I have noticed in recent years, yes, I've heard I have been asked the question (laughs) are you sure you're Jamaican I have been told by Jamaicans I'm not Jamaican enough um I have been told oh you don't look Jamaican you don't speak Jamaican and it brings up a bevy of questions in my head of course what is a Jamaican supposed to look like that's the number one question what we supposed to look like? Aki and saltfish, oxtail, rice and peas, boiled green banana, kalalo and saltfish, mackerel rundown, escovitch fish. I don't know. Yellow, yellow yam, fried plantain, white yam, sweet potato. I don't know. What are we supposed to look like? 
And then you don't sound like a Jamaican. What do you mean we don't, I don't sound like a Jamaican? How are we supposed to sound? We speak English and we speak Patois. We have a dialect. And I speak both depending on where I am and who I am around. And for the Jamaicans that live in the diaspora, you have no choice but to code switch, right? No choice but to code switch. Because you want to make sure people can understand what you're saying. Not that I'm saying you pick up their accent, but you speak English. What people like to refer to as the Queen's English. And you try to be as accurate as possible. And then, get me angry, zero to hundred real quick. Head chip gone. You'll have the patois come out. As well as in social settings, if I'm around my Jamaican family and friends, you will hear English and patois. So I'm not sure what a Jamaican is supposed to sound like. And the part that hurts the most for me, can't speak for any other Jamaican, but for me and my experience is that I'm not a real Jamaican. I was born at the Morant Bay Hospital, St. Thomas, Jamaica. My birth certificate is re registered in Jamaica. So I'm not sure. What do you mean I'm not a real Jamaican? Oh, I see. Because when I, they start asking me certain questions and I say, I can't relate. Well, you're not Jamaican then. So I didn't know that there was a checklist of things that you had to be able to, to identify with or certain experiences that you had to have that would qualify your Jamaicanness. And it seems as though Jamaicans in and out of Jamaica are a little exposed to the island, it seems. And I, I'm going to have to draw that conclusion. Based on how they argue, you would think they never left the little, the little town or the little district or the little village or the city that they were fr they're from. And it's sad that Jamaicans treat Jamaicans that way. Jamaicans make some Jamaicans feel as though the island does not belong to them too, that they do not have the right to call Jamaica home. And that's not fair. That is not fair. You, you choose when you want to include everyone as a Jamaican. And then you have the moments when you exclude. I have seen on TikTok where people are telling some Jamaicans that I'm not Jamaican, I'm a pretend Jamaican. People who born a Jamaica, grow a Jamaica, go to school a Jamaica, they tell them that I'm not Jamaican because they're not a certain complexion. And I laugh. And I'm saying, Jamaicans, we need to stop it. I don't know where we get this ideology or this idea. But then, yes, I do remember the speech made by um, P.J. Patterson. I remember it clearly. And it was very divisive. And I have to recall and then I understand why people feel the way they do.
It was divisive. And he was very successful in creating a divide. Very successful. And I would like for us to put that to the side and get rid of that mentality. As Jamaicans, we come in all shapes, sizes, shades, colors, races, whatever. We are a melting pot. And Jamaica is not the only country like that. The whole world is like that right now. You can't tell a Chinese born in Jamaica that they're not Chinese. They're a Jamaican. They were born there. They go to school there. They grew up there. They lived there. Jamaica, they had. Where do you want them to go? If you go to Panama, it's the same thing. You will see a blend of everybody. You will see Jamaica, um, what you call it, Chinese, and you when they open the mountain and speak Spanish, you're like, huh? But they're there. Why should we be surprised? You go to Colombia, everything is there. Everywhere you go in the world, there is a melting pot. People who were either brought there or people who migrated there and have settled there and built family, you know, have their families there, integrated. And have contributed to society. How dare you tell them they're not a part of that country. Or their children aren't a part of that country. We need to stop. Also out of Jamaica, the government has no intentions to sell Bob Marley Beach. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. Prime Minister Andrew Holness says the government has no intention to sell Bob Marley Beach in Bull Bay, St. Thomas. This follows several reports of the adjoining lands to the beach being sold for the construction of a new hotel. As a result, Rastafarians living on the lands for more than 50 years were concerned about being displaced. Prime Minister Holness says the beach is privately owned by the Commissioner of Lands, Sharice Walcott. Holness says despite the backlash, he's received calls from residents to continue with the construction of the hotel. He says further development of the parish will assist in ending poverty. He was speaking yesterday at the opening ceremony of the Yalis um, Fire Station in St. Thomas. And I'm not a wagonist. I'm not quick to sign petitions. I'm not quick to jump up on certain things. I like to take my time. Some may say, oh, you don't seem interested. I am indeed interested. I'm deeply interested in what happens in my country and what happens with my people. But too often, we ignore the law. Too often, we don't do enough research. A lot of times, a lot of land that we think is public land is actually private land. But the owners have not been using it and they haven't bothered anyone who has been using their property. They continue to pay their taxes. And the minute you step in now and say, okay, you're ready to carry on or if it's land that is um, passed on to other generations and the children say yes they're ready to develop or whatever now or they want to sell it becomes a problem and everything government gets the blame for they have a saying anyway a ton makajukyo 
And it's true. You can't do right to please everyone. And it is so true. The beach, it's a privately owned piece of property. Did anybody dig up that information? But what can I say? Then we talk about St. Thomas being the forgotten parish, right? And now that the government is seeking to address that, to bring an economy to the parish and bringing that to the parish will bring what? Opportunities, jobs, right? People said, I'm not going to work. So now it's going to bring, bring jobs. But we still have a problem with that. We still have a problem with that. So what exactly is it that we want? You have to understand that everybody it's it, it, everybody can't win. Some go and win, some go and lose. But are you willing to lose for the greater good? Or you just want to sit down and continue complaining? Which one? Growing pains. There's a reason they have that saying. It's painful. Growth is painful. Growth is going to cause discomfort. Decisions are going to be made that we are not all going to get a, be in agreement with. But we have to be willing to look to the greater good. Now I understand there may be concerns as it relates to foreign investors, but where are the local investors who are stepping up? Where are the groups of people who are pooling their resources, coming together and saying, you know something, let us fund this together so that we have a stake ownership. The truth is, when I think about it, is that we all sit on the outside, myself included, I'm not going to eliminate myself. We all sit on the outside and we say, oh, they need to do this and we need to have more um, local investors so that we stop these foreign investors. But when it's time to put our money where our mouth is, we all of a sudden, we either have scared money or we can't back up with talk. What did Nadine Sutherland say? Action, not a bag amount. So we can talk, 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 till the day Jesus come back. If we not have the money, what is to happen? How then are we to provide economic opportunities for those who so need it badly? How then? We not have the money. Me know me not have the money. Me know me not have it at all. Me can barely find two shillings for rub together sometimes. But me love talk. Me not go say no. I like to talk. And because I have, I, I, I have vision and I have hope and I want to see growth. And I want to see everyone have, you know, some window of opportunity at least. To be able to send their children to school. To be able to live decently. Right? But the truth is if we not have the money to do it, what we do? We have to seek external investors and you know we don't like it but hey what i do agree with is that once we invite um outsiders in 
we have some type of negotiation. We have certain um, requests and certain things that they have to adhere to and have to agree to. That I definitely agree with, right? That I agree with. Development is necessary. And yet we, yes, we might say, you know what? The money is going to be exported overseas. I get that. But you have, let me tell you something. You have a whole heap of Jamaican. Whole heap. And I know, because I used to work in the banking system. And I'm not talking about the elite. I'm talking about regular middle-class people who convert their money and send it out. So don't make ghosts fool you. It's not just the large corporations that do it. The little man I do it too. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that, that's that. When I'm done speaking. <laughs> not sure if anybody wants to add anything or take away anything uh, before I move on to the next story. All right. Malika McLeod has lawyered up as she prepares to fight a $50 million Sajikor bank fraud case. Wow. Nationwide News understands that a personal banker at the Sajikor, um, Malika McLeod, has hired King's counsel Peter Champagne as she prepares to respond to damning allegations of multi-million dollar fraud. McLeod has moved to hire the lead, leading defense attorney after she was hit with multiple fraud charges in connection with a case that is being closely watched in financial circles in Jamaica. McLeod and the branch manager of Sajikor Bank in Ligony, Trisha Moulton, have been charged with several offenses, including conspiracy to defraud and breaches of the Proceeds of Crime Act, POCA. Head of the Counterterrorism and Organized Crime Investigation Branch, CTOC, Assistant Commissioner Anthony McLaughlin, says both women were charged on Friday. They were released on $1 million bail each and are to appear in court on December 9 this year. Allegations are the Moulton and McLeod conspired to defraud the bank of approximately 50 million Jamaican dollars. The police are alleging that between August and October this year, the women created fraudulent accounts in the customers' names, then transferred funds from the legitimate accounts to the fake accounts and subsequently stole the funds. In a statement on Wednesday, Sajikor said its management uncovered the fraudulent activities through its internal security systems. Sajikor says the investigation was handed over to the JCF on Friday, October 21, and the implicated employees have been suspended to facilitate the progress of the investigation. Sajikor said it wishes to assure its clients that it takes the security and protection of their assets very seriously. How much is 50 million Jamaican today? Hold on, where's my calculator? At a rate of um, what, 152, almost 153. So let's see, 50 million... That's a lot of zeros. I can't even count. Uh, divided by, what did I say? 152 plus? Okay, let's say 153. 326,797. I saw like Trump as I'm reading that. When I said 326,797,000. Yeah. 
Who remembers that clip of Donald Trump reading out a dollar figure? And everybody's like, huh? <laughs> what school did you go to? And you're a multi-millionaire or billionaire, whatever. But yeah. Um, ladies, is it worth it? Did you really think that you could get away with that? Long run shot patch, right? There are audits, annual audits in every financial institution. And usually within the financial institution, so the annual audits usually an outside body, internally, some have it quarterly, some have it biannually. Some departments have it monthly. Did you really think you were going to be able to get away with that? They probably just watch you and make it, and you feel, yes, my good. You probably felt that because of the position you were in, branch manager, that you were okay, and the personal banker, that you were okay doing that. No, because from my memory, when I worked at the bank in Jamaica, in corporate, your reports are reviewed daily because you're handling a large amount of money. Every transfer cause that, I, that was done, so I worked in the various departments, I worked in um, loans, I did foreign exchange, and I did um, fixed deposits. Every transfer that was done you'd get a even if the customer calls you on the phone and says hey i need to do so and so okay sure as soon as you send that letter over and the letter comes to you either via fax or um they have their courier bring it over and even though we know the customers we still had to pull signature cards attach them to the letter attach the transaction and it had to be vetted by um, two seniors, one being the um, department leader and the other, the branch leader, the manager, whatever you want to refer to them, operations manager, whatever. If the um, transaction is initiated by someone of a senior level, you have other seniors that you have to take the transaction to for them to review it and see to it that I's are dotted and T's are crossed. So I don't know if you think that because you are a personal bank and a branch manager, you'd have got away with it. He would have catch up with you and that was foolish. Nobody ever gets away with it in the banking system in Jamaica. I'm yet to see it. That's why I'm going to say long run shot. Catch you might get away with it today, but let's see how long it's going to go on for. Because somebody is going to pick up on it. Ladies, you were foolish. That's all I'm going to say. Foolish. Javette, you had put the eyes like, look. <laughs> yeah. Not worth it. It is not worth it. Hence the saying, never you grudge a man for what you say with Canada. Why am I to forget it? Right? So Morgan defends Juliet Holness over PNP on safe living remark. Okay, I gotta play this one. <laughs> this is interesting. Um, hold on, let me see if I can transfer the sound by here. 
bear with me one moment today's the 28th right yeah uh and it is defending juliet holders okay let's hear what you have to say evidence that we've seen and based on statement that we've heard we've seen several occurrences and mrs holness was speaking in her capacity as a member of parliament in east rural saint andrew where she has come across several communities where persons were encouraged in a previous period to occupy lands which are now which were vulnerable. Uh, but I think the bigger point that Mrs. Owens was trying to make is the importance of leadership. And I think the reason that conversation is important, and I'll use one example, there were heavy rains in Bulde, and people were living almost in the river. The government said, we want to move you, we want to find somewhere for you to live. The leader of the opposition leader said that the people don't want relocation, they want assistance. We've seen in Bernard Lodge where we had evidence and we had to take it to the highest level, the National Security Council, because we had evidence that an organized criminal network was selling government lands some unsuspecting, some naive persons. The leader of the opposition went there and said he's going to provide legal assistance against who? It's like in Westmoreland, where the court ruled that the persons occupying the land were illegal occupiers. It came from even the murder of the original owner of the property, and the family took the case to court. Leader, the opposition leader again went there, saying that the people had a right to the land, even though the poor people. So leadership, we have two different types of leadership in Jamaica today. We have a leadership that seems to be going back to the Operation Pride style era of housing, where persons are encouraged to occupy land that does not belong to them and then they get the cover of their political leaders and then we have leadership that says we are a country of rules and laws we have built and started more housing units than any other government in the history of Jamaica so the question about whether the government cares about poor people and housing is really relevant the question now is how do we, as a government, structure our housing um, policy where persons who are vulnerable can be regularized, persons who have been put in these positions can be regularized. Some of them cannot be regularized, but they live in a riverbed. And if the government, let's say, gives first some of the persons in Bedford Gardens who were encouraged to squat there in the riverbed, if the government says, we're going to give you a title, then the government has no assumed responsibility if something should happen to them. But the bigger point is, it's about leadership and the difference in leadership. Yep. 
So, Minister Without Portfolio in the Office of the Prime Minister with Responsibility for Information, Robert Morgan, has defended Juliet Holness over comments made by the Member of Parliament for East Rural St. Andrew, pointing to unsafe living situations of supporters of the Opposition People's National Party. Holness declared that everywhere in her constituency is uns- that is unsafe to live, PNP supporters live there. Continuing, Holness, who is the wife of Prime Minister Andrew Holness, also said, anywhere the river is going to wash people away, PNP supporters live there. Wherever there's a garbage dump, PNP supporters live there. And it is not the leadership of the Labour Party that put them in those situations. So, I I appreciate... Hold on one second, President. I appreciate... This positioning of the issue. Go right ahead, uh, Prezi. Prezi, go ahead. Yes, yes, sorry. Sorry. Oh, be safe, please but, be safe. Yeah, no, I, I think I just, I just, I don't, I don't want to comment fully because I think I just kind of came in at the, 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 the comment that you said that she made. So I was trying to. So based on your last statement, are you saying that it was addressed or? Okay, so let me bring, oh, so you, you probably missed it yesterday. Because yesterday we started off with the Caribbean corners. So there was an issue with what, um, you know what, I give me one second here. Let me just pull it up so I can give, I don't want to miss, what do you call it, miss, miss talk? <laughs> Go ahead, Jeffrey. <laughs> Go right ahead. No, you said it, Miss Speak. Miss yeah. Speak. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, I said it right. What was yesterday? Yesterday was what day? Wednesday. No, sorry, Thursday. Listen, all over God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yesterday was the twenty seventh. So why am I can't find anything? All right. So. Yesterday, there was an article in which she addressed the issue about people living in the gully banks, people living in riverbeds, and um, what was the other? There was one other place, garbage dumps. And she said that the people in her constituency who live in those areas were put there by the PNP. They're PNP supporters, right? But she made a comment about nobody no one go this ago um, tour. Like, you know, no political person wants to go into those areas because of how bad it is, right? How bad the conditions are. So nothing further was highlighted about what she said. So I had a comment yesterday saying that people are already dissent disenfranchised and people already feel a way about them situation right so can we put politics to the side regardless of who give them these places to live or who allow them to live in these places let us now be forward thinking and you highlight the fact that okay we we, we see these citizens living in these areas they they should not be living there because it's unsafe 
right? We know what happens when there's a he- when there's heavy rainfall or if there's a tropical storm or a hurricane, right? These people lose their dwellings. They are in danger. They're not supposed to be there, okay? So I went on to say that highlight the issue, but then follow it up with the plan of action. What she should have said is, we have seen these conditions, we want to address these conditions, and I am going to see how we can secure government land that's available to build communities and relocate these people. But there was no mention made that she presented that as a viable option, right? So I was, me did feel away, me feel away for people then, right? They don't want. She don't want. They don't want to spend the money. Um, and 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 I and I and, I, and I'm saying that based off, basically coming from or lived or have lived in um the Israel one of the Israel areas in which you know um the you know there's um member of parliament representation from both parties over the years. And it's just a case whereby they just literally do not want to spend the funds on the conditions or on the roads or the infrastructure there because it it has gone basically to a point now where some of the roads are literally a point of no return. So you know, so so it's not even so 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 the point the kind of pointing fingers. It's, it's completely irrelevant. And yes, she did make the statement about, you know, the conditions of the road make it hard for, you know, member of parliament to traverse and, and so on and whatnot. But they have not managed the road over the period of years. So as a result, it's like it's to the point now where the, the condition of the roads, it, it's it's unmanageable. And it's, un, it, I mean, it can, for, for, for most vehicles, for most vehicles, they cannot travel on it on a daily, day-to-day basis based on how bad the roads are, right? The area that I come from is, is Mavis Bank. So Mavis Papine, um, Papine Garden Town, um, Mavis Bank, that entire side, that entire side would basically be considered as East Rural St. Andrew. And the further up you go from Papine, right, towards Mavis Bank is pretty much the road condition essentially becomes worse and worse. You know, just where that where they're talking about, you know, the the, the um the the, the not not just potholes but just, you know, the, the, the entire bankings of the size of the you know, basically for, for the most part they have different areas of the road where, you know, the bankings come down, right? And then what they do, they scrape it off of the tractor, but at the same time it's like it, it it has never basically just been completely, you know, cleared and managed. So it's like you just have the bankings come down on top of each other. And essentially what it end, ends up starting doing is just build roads on top of roads, right? Until mm-hmm. the road just literally starts to become very small and narrow and sectional. So it's like, you know, they, they just do the very minimal work. And then just leave it there. And then, you know, of course, the people go and travel upon it. And then the more people travel upon it and it's not maintained properly, is the worse the road essentially going to get. Right? So over a course of years, that happened year after year after year after year. And them same politicians, them drive upon it, them drive over it. Or some of them, they will take the helicopter and fly over it or whatever it may be. 
but them don't make pay no attention to the road. Them just leave the road as it is. One similar situation is 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 a recent one, just last year. Where Garden Town Road, right? Garden Town, exactly Garden Town Road, right? A year where them cars stand up hill, right? That entire road basically get cut off, and you know you know why? Because of the lack of treatment. Is a lack of treatment, you know, because when I saw, when 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 you saw the, the the amount of water, how the water was traveling, you could have see exactly where the water, where where it would basically travel on a regular basis, right? That basically eroded the part of the part of the road, because it it, it not it, it didn't it and overnight why that road why that thing collapsed right overnight right right. So you can understand that, you know, the, the, the lack of treatment over the period of years, right? And unlike the people them not talk and people them not, 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 not say it, right? Year after year it happened. Because there's a particular year in Mavisbank called, called um, Hall's Delight, right? And in Hall's Delight, it's, 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 it's a little bit more rural. So it's more, farm, more farmers and, 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 and very rural for the, for the most part, right? But, but Prezi, Prezi, Prezi remember... let me ask you a question, Prezi, because you said something that for years it has been like that, right? So it's not just a JLP thing, it's also, it has been a PNP thing PNP, as well, like yeah, all yeah. the roads across the country. So let me ask you a question. When they come into the communities that use these roads to campaign, are they, are they um, confronted what are they saying to the people in these communities that use these roads? And if they do promise to fix the roads, are the people in the communities holding the, 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 the politicians and the parish council reps um, accountable? Are they doing that? Listen, listen, Michelle, like year after year, my main, my, one of my main things that I, that I try to preach in the community is the boy can go to because I said to them, say, yo, when I met them politicians, they come in the community year after year, right? And basically, uh, them basically do a, a hype put up, right? And on a, on a, on a jump run, and on a, you know, on a rally run, you know, on the colors are rare, right? When I see them, but you know, see them every single day up to, up to election day, every single day, when I see them, right? And uh, tell on the problems and everything like that, and tell what going on in the community. You see, after election, yeah, yeah, we not come, you know, see them again, and me see it with my own two eyes, right? Them come in, them rile up them, them basically hype up the people, them, right? Get them votes, and you don't hear from them. So now, right? Prezi, you, you need so what you need to continue to impress that upon them that you can't keep voting for people and not getting the results. And and understandably, but the the, the 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 issue that you're going up against is the is the die-hearted set of people that sometimes you know very die -hard. and the thing about it in some of these areas, especially where I come from, is that you have the die-hearted people and then you have the people that are and then you have some of the youths, right? That 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 basically yeah, I, I would consider it them just lose hope in a sense because. It's it's as if you know they 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 you know their their voice they don't believe that their voice is going to be heard because it's overpowered by these diehardy people because one is like you know as soon as a, a, a MP coming at the area you know so them diehardy people. Yeah. Prezi, are you there? Prezi? 
All right, we lost Prezi there for a second. Okay, so I appreciate Morgan's approach with the situation, right? And I didn't know that there was an offer, but the people them not want to move. So in a situation like that, no, hold on one second, Prezi, because we lost you for a long time. Hold on. So in a situation, as Morgan highlighted, that these people were given the opportunity to move and them no one move, what do we do then? And I say, build the houses on proper land and force them to move where they have no choice but to move because what i don't understand is how these same people will get the opportunity to go abroad migrate whatever and them fall in line and follow the rules them say right away like they were living in these foreign countries forever so i good morning alexia president we can't hear you your mic open but we're not hearing you that's why i'm speaking you not hear me we lost you for a long time so I had to move on because time was on me. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, was yeah, we weren't hearing you. Sorry, but um, I'm going to let Alexia go ahead and make her comment. All right. Go ahead, Alexia. Morning, everyone. All right. Two quick something. You see that same thing that you're talking about? Let me tell you something. A lot of times, the as you say, they gave them a, a deal or the opportunity to move or whatever moments people spent a long time building their life thinking that things are legit or thinking that yes this is a an investment a home they are never gonna offer them enough that they can possibly move think about you build your house right you and your husband and you build a three-bedroom or a four bedroom, yeah, your kids on a on a on a on a comfortable. Now you're realizing that, hey, we're really it's being threatened, we have to move. These people say we have to leave, blah, 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 blah. You think they're gonna give back enough to build one four bedroom? No, ma'am. This is not Bernard Lodge, you know. This one is the people what living on the river bank, the gully, um riverbeds, gully banks and dumps that um Juliet Holness was talking about. So oh. Yes, yeah, so Morgan is saying that even out in Westmoreland, they offered the people to relocate them, and the people said, I'm not want to move. So when people don't want to move from these unsafe settlements, what should the government do? Left them on Mickey, dump on the river, take care of them. And if something happened yeah. to them, then you're going to have the video. We want back everything. 30,000, just at 30,000. That's what you're going to keep having? That's what we're going to no, keep having? No, at that point, the government don't have anything to do with that. If you were given the chance to move, we're going to split justice now. You get the chance to move, you move. You oh, understand me? You get the chance. If there is, if there are even funding, even a little bit for you to move to go somewhere else, then you just have to do it because you have to think safety. But if you're not going to think about your safety and your family's safety, then where you go, what people do? Ah, you're right. So, Javette had a question Can they afford to move to the area that they're being moved to? Now, that is something I'm sure they would have to take up or have a conversation to see. What, how they can be held. But I'm going to tell you something, <laughs> You have some people find the money for what they want to find it for. They find it for eyelash, they find it for hair, they find it for nails, they find it for bleach. Okay. 
but they may are country people still for the most part part um in in yeah. wholeness's constituency yeah man the garbage majority dump is country majority, is country well depend well for her constituency is very large you know east rural is very large okay right? so it will consist of you know a part of um you saint andrew uh, East Rural St. Andrew, as I mentioned, we are talking about, you know, a portion of the, for example, Augustown, back, going back to Papin, going back to Gardentown, going back to that side. And then it comes, and then interestingly, it comes over to, to, um, to, to Arborview, Arborview side, you know, so even that side is, is, is essentially considered as, 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 as um, as East Rural. Mm-hmm. Right, so issue, so, 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 and that has been a part of a big issue with issue and the, the the managing of it on both sides because it's such a large constituency. It, you know, it's like you know, some side of East Rural, so it's almost like East Rural gets split into two, and it's like you have some side who will get the attention and some side who won't will, 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 will essentially get the attention. And I think that has been a part of the problem as well in terms of how effective that constituency is money. It's one of the largest constituencies in Jamaica. And to me, in my opinion, it has not been well managed by both parties. Right? So the lack of resources or the lack of roads and, and all these other different things because you'd have probably the set of resources that needed for for such a big constituency. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's almost like it has a yeah, for, it's almost to me based on based on my experience over the years. Like the mothers have said, all right, my my flip a car in feet and say which side do I get down which side now I get. That's how we see it, right? Mm. That's how that's how we see it, right? And that's how it and that's how it has been over the years. Um, yeah, they they need to address. And here's the thing, as I said earlier, you can't please every Jamaican. You can't, but I. Th- me personally if i were the mp for that area and if my concern is that my constituents who or let me put not my constituents the cons the people who live in my constituency if i see that they're living in squalor and unsafe conditions garbage dump riverbed gully side as an mp if i say i truly care i have to be aggressive and forceful for them because sometimes them never know what good for them right them want to stay there uno cannot stay there because uno are go dead there and then uno go turn around and blame government so here what government are going to do for uno have a conversation with the powers that be and say okay listen we need to find land government owned land if it's not government owned but it's a suitable piece of land let us make an offer to the owner of the private land purchase build the community Move the people then. Them have to move. Then I have no choice. Don't come tell me, say, yes, now nah, move off of the gully bank. Well, if anything happened to you, that's me, me can't help you, my friend. Me can't help you. But you have to move. And I think the best way to move them out is build the houses, give them the title, give them the key, and then more bulldoze down where they are living. Make them, give them time to move out them things and move to the new land and then get rid of it. And then, what, what you call it? Um... Slate it off with cement and steel so that nobody can rebuild in these areas. If you care about them, you have to be aggressive with them, with both them and the government, and say, listen, we need this from the people, and people on a half a move on their own safety is on a life, on a picnic them life. Me no, no. Go ahead, Percy. So, 
so are they saying that it's 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 due to their safety why 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 they, why they want them to move just just just, just i am saying safety because when you think about gully think, think about the condition mm. you live on a gully bank what's gonna happen if there is heavy rain torrential rains tropical storm a hurricane what's the likelihood of your house um washing away what is it the probability is high right because chances are the house not built properly and how we know the house not built properly because no um no plan was done by an architect and submitted to parish council because if that was done then couldn't build the house that's in the first place right so no engineering went to them just fling up a structure so it is their safety if you live in a garbage dump is that safe look you're talking about diseases unhealthy living conditions build a community and move the people them that's my recommendation to the government no we don't worry about talking, nht now and 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 and, and this is still for east river saint andrew right where, to, where, to build where are our places where, where, where are places yeah yeah this east river but the thing about it you know to build communities in east river saint andrew it's it's it's, it's, it's I, i'm assuming it's in, in I guess from your perspective it's almost like almost like saying, you know, find a piece of land and just build communities within there and build houses and so on, right? Well the government know where the land is, trust me. Land the, 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 the land the land well speaking from just where uh, my my you know just the the, 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 the my understanding of you know where the, the lands are in, especially in certain parts of east rural saint andrew i mean you don't have you don't have that structure of land to say okay you know we can pretty much you know say all right i'm going um you know structure land create a foundation you know so what's the solution president so what we do then because, because it, but no, but what I'm saying is the the, the fact that I think because isn't it, I think the major the major issue is just is for the most part the, the infrastructure no and she said and and I guess she was saying that you know the 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 the, 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 the you know the garbage and or the dump up of whatever is due to people that you know voted for PNPR PNP affiliations right they live in the garbage dump. Copy and Pete tell them so they can't live there. Right. And let me tell you something about that, right? <laughs> they live in the garbage dump. In Mavis Bank, there's a skit, right? There's a there's, there's essentially a skit. You know, a, a skit. Yeah, you know what a skit is, right? Yeah, we yeah, are, yeah. Right, right. And the garbage right, no reach so in yeah. the skip, it reach out the skip. Or it overflow. Well well, well yeah, yeah, that that yeah, yeah, depending. You know, depending on the community where, right? And just to give you a perspective, that skit was built, right? And during the course of COVID, right, that skit was not, yo, no garbage truck never come and take up garbage from that skit. Garbage pile up for months and months and months, right? You know what had happened? The people from the community had to go and dig one hole right dig a deep hole and put the garbage in there and burn the garbage who is the mp for that yeah, area who is the parish council yeah, rep for the, the area at the same at the same issue i said that you may talk about 
So who is the so, parish so, council so, so person the for their um prezi? Wait, who? so the comment where you're saying that the garbage is basically linked to political affiliations, right? That's com that that's 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 what what that statement in my opinion is utter nonsense. Just based on the the, the, the scenario that I just said. No, here's so the thing. It, no, no, no. Here's the thing, Prezi. So the people were the PNP people were given, were told it's okay, and them go live in a the garbage dump or near the garbage dump. Let me put it that way. So it's it's a garbage dump. If so, if can you imagine being told you can? Yes, go and go build your house right or go and go live right there. So, so it's not a matter of the accumulation. No, that situation you're talking about in um that other community, that's a parish council situation they shouldn't have to dig no hole and get rid of the garbage themselves you have a parish council um, representative there the councillor usually lives in the community you go to the or you go to the parish council office you go to the mp office that's in the community and you raise hell there and get it done no but community members yeah but no no community members should have to um thing them have to keep it moving Prezi. go ahead and wrap up and then i keep it no man, I, I understand your point. I understand your point, but just to the just to the the statement, or you know, just adding on to that statement made <clears throat> in regards to you know, as I think as you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the, the fact of pointing fingers um is irrelevant. And to be honest, I can I can I'm still kind of blown by the comment or the statement made. Regardless, mm -hmm. right? A statement like that, I can't I, I can't I can't understand how. A statement like that can can even be I mean you probably can't think it but I understand how you even make that come out of your mouth. Right? I can't, I can't understand that. I can't even see around that. Makes no so sense, right, President? Like it, it, make, it makes no sense. And here is why the statement is able to be made. Politicians and citizens, politicians for years have always played the blame game. And always shifting blame, shifting blame, shifting blame as a way to garner votes when election comes around. It, it, it's a known thing. That's what they do. And they need to change the face of politics. It needs to change in Jamaica. It needs to change globally. Meaning, stop playing the blame game and let us just see the issue, solve the problem. We spend weeks, months years talking about the problem and nobody talks about solutions or even saying you know something this is the problem here are the recommended solutions you have anything to bring to the table you don't have anything to bring to the table all right shut up let's keep it moving time to put the solution into play that's the type of politics we need in jamaica it is too much sitting down on a bang 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 pan table when them go in a parliament it's that has been or who now bang asleep it is too much of that we need to change and that is one recommendation i can make if politics is to move forward in jamaica stop having it be a pnp and a jlp thing all right you're in power we see the problem we're gonna fix the problem and we keep it moving on to the next one on to the next one and that is where juliet went wrong she should not have just made the comment and leave it hanging high and dry so again i appreciate gordon coming and shedding some light that the people were presented an opportunity. No, um, to something you said, Prezi, 
lands may not be available or suitable land may not be available within the constituency and so you might have to move them out of the constituency do what is must do what you must for the safety of your people they might not want to move out of the constituency where they want the dead in the constituency at some point it will sink in at some point somebody will move and say you know say really better over here so your man it better come or no come Sometimes you just have to be aggressive. You cannot please everybody. Otherwise, you're not going to reach nowhere. All right? So, our next story, courtesy of the Jamaica Star. A man assaults sister over plate of food. A 37-year-old man avoided jail after he admitted to the Kingston and St. Andrew Parish Court that he assaulted his sister because they had an argument over a plate of food. He pleaded guilty to assault occasioning actual harm and unlawful wounding on Thursday. It was reported that he and his complainants, his sister and her son, were at home cooking dinner. The man reportedly asked about his dinner, but it was not forthcoming. An argument ensued between the siblings and the man used a piece of metal to hit the complainants, causing a wound which bled. This is over a plate of food. Senior Parish Judge Laurianne Cole Montague asked rhetorically. I am sorry, the man responded. The judge asked the complainant if she was seeking compensation for the injury she and her child sustained. However, she declined the judge's suggestion, imploring the judge that she was only seeking to have the matter disposed of. I could have him robbed sometime, you know, the judge pressed. No, I just want it done and over with. We're going our separate ways, the complainant said. The man who told the judge that this was his first time before the courts was given probation order for one year on each offense. <laughs> the food takes serious. I'm going to give you all a little joke. So It's not even a joke. It's not a joke. But... I don't even know if it's a joke. But anyway, whatever. Living, um, went up to Atlanta before we moved, staying by a very good friend of mine, myself and Marlon, you know. And he cooks stew peas. Cooks one of the best stew peas in ever tears. And it's pig's tail. Oh, Lord. And I like the end of the pig's tail, right? And pig's tail on my plate. And we sit down eating. And my friend reached over to my plate. Or was it you, Marlon? I don't remember. One of them reached over into my plate for take out my piece of pig's tail. I didn't know I was going to stab them when the fuck. Yep. I <laughs> take the whole thing very serious. I'm playing with the phone. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. <laughs> yep. I just do it to one of your cousins. I just did it to one of your cousins. Somebody stretched over for a tail. Yes. Got stabbed before. Yes. I'm playing with the Oh, especially the stew peas in the ramp with me, I'm a stew peas. Let me kill you for that. <laughs> so I I, ne I never move so fast. Trust me, you're not getting my stew peas. So, um, me understand where the money come from. <laughs> it's a shame it had to end up in court, though. But it's, <laughs> the things are food we make you do, right? <sighs> Sound greedy, but it's okay. I'll wear the greedy hat. <laughs> and if you're offering me stew peas, please, it has to be made with little tip of coconut milk in there. No corned beef, no oxtail, no chicken foot, 
No turkey neck. Strictly pigs. Thank you. Strictly pigs. pig's tail and corn yes. pork. Period. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Javette laughing at us. Javette, <laughs> there's only one way to eat stew pigs. If you're going to eat it, eat it right. Eat it eat right. It right. As I touched down right. yesterday, that's the first thing I got. Can I have some soup, piece, please? Thanks. Appreciate it. Yes. I eat it anywhere. It's anywhere. Me. I don't care if it have the pork in it, if it's turkey <laughs> in it, if it don't have no meat in it, as long as it has the peas, it needs to have some dumpling in it, though. Yes, yes, yes. Nice. Have okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm -mm. Meat, no meat. I'm going to eat it. No, Javed, I can't. Um... You know what I tried once, and it wasn't bad. Shrimp stewed peas, not bad. Yeah, you cook up the stewed peas regular, and then you drop in your shrimp the last minute with the shell on because that give it a real flavor. Just make sure you clean up your thing. You know, take out the vein and all of that. What you call it, the spam, whatever. Yeah, but stewed peas, maybe kill you for that. You not. <laughs> Sorry. Don't touch my plate. The stew peas are white rice. Don't touch my plate, people. Mm -mm. It's murder. Sorry. <laughs> what is your favorite thing to eat, uh, Javette? Your favorite Caribbean dish? Oh, man. Oxtails. Really? Okay. Yeah. Ox oxtails is one of my favorites. Let me ask you. Spinners or broad beans? Which one you prefer in your oxtail? Um, the beans. The beans. All right. The beans. Okay. All right. Anybody else want to share what their favorite thing is? Whatever we got jail for. I'll share. Good morning, because I'm a foodie. Uh, my favorite foods are ackee and sawfish and stew peas and curry goats <laughs> with lots of avocado. And I'm currently in a so everybody who's listening i'm in fort Lauderdale. i'm getting all of those right now i'm in piglet right now okay. i'm a piglet you with avocado really excited okay and that means, i am um can i kick you out the room please because um oh you're jealous you want an avocado i have an avocado for real she just up the road though yeah i'm gonna bring her avocado me no want to me every meal breakfast lunch <laughs> and dinner Breakfast, oh, lunch, gosh. and dinner. Y'all hear this, right? You hear that? Mm. No, I mean, I want to tell me, because you sit down there licking your fingers. I hope they drop off while you're licking them. Okay. So. Mm. <laughs> I love too. Oh, wow. <laughs> Don't mind her. She loves me. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break when we return. We have news out of North America. Listen, it's Freestyle Friday here. And the Friday mix, it's whatever it goes. It's that bounce right here. Come on, Time to move on. Time to be strong. Don't stop now, straight Let's to the top now. That's what Someone I need. Someone to truly understand yeah. how to treat a Again. If you happy, then be with him. Go ahead, mommy, breathe again. Go ahead, mommy, breathe again. Don't stop now, straight to the top now. Go ahead, mommy, make it hot now. I need me a love that's gonna make my heart stop now. And what I need is simple. Five foot five with dimples, potential wife credentials. Know about.
about the life I'm into, life I've been through, and how I had a trifle mental. So ride with me, G4, fly with me. Times get hard, cry with me, die with me. White beach sands, lie with me. My advice is forget the limelight. Let's make love while we listen to Frank White. So tight, now I understand life. Yeah, take that. Come on. I say now, come on, mom. Been a whole day now. I wanna lay round and sip colada, dipped in Prada. I'm smooth as Eric Estrada, dipped in dollars. We out in Vegas, Nevada. Bubble bath in a champagne glass, about the size of a campaign ad. You don't know how you looked at me, but if love was a crime, you'd crook to me. 'Cause mommy, I done been around the world, seen a lot of places, been around your girl. Believe I read faces. I could tell she don't want me prevail, but I learned my lesson watching Sean stressing. So why listen to her and start guessing? Mommy, you ain't ready to ride to start dressing. I need a girl. Thank you to all the listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. Thank you to everyone listening online on JanoRadio.com. And thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. Every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views when you walk how that body move part my mouth from just being honest boo i will pay tgif we are inside the friday mix swing so many Coming up right after the music break, we have details of stories out of North America. Keep it locked. Way. And I ain't thirsty or nothing, but when I see something, boo, I go hard for the one hit myself. I'ma take you out to eat and kill any misconception that you got a mob deep. Throw that bug in your ear, and it's about time, cause if you like me, been wanting you for years. Bump heads here and there, but never got the chance. Best of those who wait, once I get up in the pants, ain't no one minute man. Supposed to be with him, but it changed those plans. Anything you got to do, lie to school. Must be out of monkey ass mind. How the hell he getting tired of you? Let me like that fire that your body desire. Get you back to being sexy, single free like mine. Cause I treat some right. You know how I rock and wherever you at, girl, I'm on the next flight. My name is Hell, I'm from Queens. I heard about your man, he like the lace shoe with green. Don't shake about a mosquito with Donna jeans, but he slipped up and threw his rock to a fiend. He be playing like a willy cause he dressed shit up. Never knowing that his woman is in need of love. He got Versace, gold links, stomach chains with rocks. Official hairstyle, but you stuck up in the spot. Making love, Duke is weak, then he falling asleep. You on the phone with your old peeps, dying to creep between my sheets. So what you got Chanel on your feet? Hot sex on a platter makes the mission complete, uh.
Chris style, got him acting funny style. He ain't watching you, he rather watch his money pal. Can't protect treasures when it's in a glass house. Soon as he turn the corner, I'ma turn that turn it out full blown. Fucking in the six with the chrome, yo B. Why you leave your honey all alone with me? Just because you blessed with cash doesn't mean your honey won't let me finesse that. You see, the moral of the story is a woman need love. The kind your so-called players never dreamed of. You got to try love, can't buy love. If you play your hand, then it's bye-bye love. music while you work or play don't forget to log on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day if you have not already done so go ahead and download the jano radio app j-a-h-k-n-o it is available in your apple and google play stores jano radio take us on the go It is Freestyle Friday in the Friday mix, whatever it goes. TGIF, hope you all had a wonderful week. Got to accomplish some tasks and you're ready to hit that reset button. It's very important that you take time for yourselves, okay? Yeah. That wellness check, do not ignore it. And it is time for us to get into the details of stories out of North America. But before I do, one just popped up for me here out of Jamaica. Uh, and I want to get to that one real quick. So I'm so sorry, Timberland. And who is it? Timberland. Yeah, Timberland. So sorry. Got to cut you short there because I want to get to it. Bear with me. One. Okay, so according to the Jamaica Observer, and this just popped up on Twitter, the PNP has called for the immediate resignation of the Minister of Health and Wellness, Dr. Christopher Tufton, and a comprehensive probe into what it says is a 43% mortality rate of the neonates in the nursery at the Victoria Jubilee Hospital. Well, what can I say? We spoke about the issue yesterday. Um, can I blame them? Because remember when it came to light that when they were in power, 
with Portia Simpson at the helm, Portia Simpson Miller at the helm, that there was a similar situation. And the minister of health at the time, he was removed from the position. Although, in my opinion, he was just transferred because he was removed from health and put in as minister of um, labor. Guess what? These things happen. You have to be willing to stand your hand, as my father always used to say. You have to stand your hand in this one. You know, were you directly responsible? No, but you're the leader of the ministry. Yes, you were proactive in getting Paho to come in and um, help control what was causing the deaths. But still, yeah. There's a big issue at hand. And you have to... Um, health is not something you can play with. Let, let me start there. Health is not something to play with. And when you talk about children, babies, newborns, prematures, premature babies especially, super delicate. What we want... Is a hundred percent opportunity for them, and they are um, not given that when we don't see to it that our health facilities are operating as per standard. You can't. I mean, if you have to step aside, you have to step aside, right? It is what it is, because at the end of the day. Families have lost children, have to bury children because of carelessness, because of short staff. Because I remember the article we read yesterday say the ICU is supposed to be what? One nurse to two babies, but we're having situations of one nurse to seven babies and sometimes more. And that speaks to the, the inability to retain human resources. If nurses aren't being properly paid and the ones who are there and are committed and devoted are overworked and exhausted, these, these are the things that happen. These atrocities will happen. And they can be avoided. If the Minister of Health is willing to go in Parliament and fight for an increase in salary because we need good nurses in Jamaica. This should not be happening because of a lack of talent. Talent acquisition is important and talent acquisition costs money. It does. So I can't say I blame the PNP for calling for his resignation. I can't. I can't at all. I saw you go. As we Jamaicans like to say, I just saw the thing go. I saw the thing go. You dropped the ball. Now, it don't only stop with him. Who are the others that are responsible for seeing to it that protocol is followed and the standards are maintained. 
who are the others because if head have a role, head have a role. I just say, going I business. Because people are without their children. If you're in banking and you're over, your teller draw short so many times, then get rid of you, right? Even though the money is insured, then get rid of you. And that's our money. So what happened now? It's lives we're talking about. One comment from Anthony Miller. This is a major scandal and profound lack of professionalism bordering on incompetence. The minister and all his advisors should resign now. No need for royal or ministerial inquiry. No, we need the inquiry. We need it. Because if an inquiry isn't done and made public, how can we hold the next set of people accountable? How do we know? the checklist of things that they need to adhere to. No, I, I need the inquiry and I need it to be done quickly, expeditiously, and it made public. It's appalling and a disgrace on those decent and committed doctors and nurses in the health service. Oh, again, oh, come on. Hear them saying other ministers have lost jobs for less than this. Who are we going to replace them with? Heard them say, uh, don't understand what that person is trying to say. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm just here to observe the paid, unprincipled shower rangers' comments against this song. We have to clean up, and if it means that, oh well, it is what it is. Yep, that's where we are. All right, so next up were our stories out of North America. Eight found dead in a Tulsa suburb house. Fire and homicide is fared. Story courtesy of NPR.org. And this is out of Oklahoma. Eight people were found dead Thursday in a burning Tulsa area house in what is being investigated as multiple homicides, police said. The fire was reported about 4 p.m. Thursday in a quiet residential area of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 13 miles southeast of Tulsa. Broken Arrow police said that although the fire and the deaths were being investigated as homicides, they did not believe an immediate threat to the public existed. Police spokesman Ethan Hutchins said the scene was complex with a lot of moving parts, so no other information was being released immediately. Witnesses told police that a family of eight had lived in the house, two adults and six children but the bodies have not been positively identified, Hutchins said. Understandably, this is a shock to Broken Arrow. It is a safe city. Broken Arrow does not have this kind of situation every day. Caitlin Powers said she was driving with her children nearby when she saw a column of smoke near her house, so she drove past to investigate. That is so sad. An entire family wiped out. I hope they can get to the bottom of this and do so quickly. And I do hope that um, it's not a homicide or homicides, I should say. Our next story, courtesy of the BBC, U.S. midterms, abortion, guns and crime shape Texas governor's race. The race for Texas governor is a battle over two visions of America. Can Democrat O'Rourke? harness growing support for gun control and abortion rights to win? Or will concerns over crime and immigration return Republican Greg Abbott to office? So O'Rourke 
is it O'Rourke or O'Rourke? How do y'all pronounce his name? Okay. So I guess it's O'Rourke. O'Rourke stood in the middle of a music hall in Houston, Texas, surrounded by cheering supporters. He had been introduced by Hamilton musical creator Lynn manuel Miranda and can count pop star Harry Styles and actor Matthew Broderick among his backers. A former congressman from the border town of El Paso, Mr. O'Rourke, 50, stands for everything liberal. America wants gun control, abortion rights, racial justice for minorities, and a plan for tackling climate change. Long tipped as a rising star on the Democratic left, despite a failed 2018 Senate, Mr. O'Rourke now has his sights on another high-profile office. But to become governor of Texas, he'll have to get by the sitting Republican Greg Abbott, a man who could not be more different. Seeking his third four-year term, the 65-year-old may not have Mr. O'Rourke's celebrity endorsements, but... He is a political powerhouse in his own right. He won re-election four years ago by more than 13% of votes and is the best political fundraiser in Texas history. The, the, the Abbott agenda is Mr. O'Rourke's opposite. Instead of abortion, guns, and environment, he focuses on rising undocumented immigration numbers and violent crime rates. He blames a national economy that is sputtering under high inflation under Democratic President Joe Biden's policies. Texas may not be a battleground state for control of Congress this year, but the race of left and right unfolding between the two men is the textbook contest of American politics. And if Mr. O'Rourke's where Mr. O'Rourke loses, as it appears likely, it could be a wake-up call to liberals across the country about the limits of their power, political stardom, and vision for the country. Texas has been reliably conservative for decades. The last Democrat elected to a statewide political office was in 1994. But demographics are pointing to more tightly contested futures, and recent developments have made Texas liberals angry enough to hope that things might change sooner rather than later. Texas has been smack dab in the middle of numerous pivotal issues of national importance. Some of the first challenges to protect abortion protections came in the state, and some of the country's strictest voting rules were passed there after 2020. The murder of 21 children and teachers at a primary school in Uvalde, Texas, thrust gun control back into the national spotlight. Much of the recent torrent of undocumented migrants entering the U.S. has come across the Texas-Mexico border. All these issues have bubbled to the surface in the Texas governor's campaign. On the stage in Houston, Mr. O'Rourke's stump speech hammered Republicans. We lead the nation in school shootings, he said. So numbingly common it has become in Texas that we somehow tactically accept this as the price of living and dying in this state right now. He listed some of the accomplishments of his 2018 Senate campaign, which came close but ultimately failed to oust the arc conservative Republican Ted Cruz. He was the first Democrat to win the state's four largest cities since 1964, got the largest voter turnout in Texas since 1970, and helped a grassroots organization elect local Democrats. 
The audience cheered as they saw what they saw as moral, if not always actual, victories. Texas, Texas, Texas. Hmm. How are the Texans feeling? For some reason, and I, I may be wrong, I don't know, um, Javette can let us know how she feels because she's dead there in Texas, right? Dead in the middle of it all. Um, I feel it's going to be a tough race for Texas, especially with the killings that happened at Uvalde. I honestly feel so. I honestly feel that the Republicans may, may have to fight. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I say they may have to fight right down to the bitter end. Yeah. Not sure if you're able to speak, uh, Javed, how you feel about it between O'Rourke and uh, Abbott. Okay, Javed, probably not able to speak, but yeah. So let's see how it ends up. Foster family fights for baby boy after judge decides to deport child to Haiti. This story courtesy of WSVN Miami. A foster family said they have been raising a baby since he was a week old. But a judge's decision to have him deported to Haiti is now threatening to rip them apart. Speaking with 7 News on Thursday, Tamara and Gerald said they had originally planned not to adopt the child. They always wanted to reunite him with some family. That all changed when the Florida Department of Children and Families decided they were going to send the 10-month-old to Haiti. Seven news cameras captured the nursery for the boy, Tamara and Gerald, called Angel, who may be taken at any moment. We are up against the government, basically, said Gerald. We're David, they're Goliath. We're just regular people. I'm a United States veteran, said Tamara. I have served my country my entire freaking life between being a veteran and being a court reporter with the legal system and now years of taking in foster children. The couple have fostered more, more than 10 children over several years. These are our children. This is our legacy, Tamara said. Angel came to the family when he was a few days old in December. His mother's rights were eventually terminated. According to court documents, the infant's father does not want him. In August, Broad Circuit Court Judge Jose Izquierdo ruled Angel should be with his maternal grandmother in Haiti. They want to take an American citizen child and strip him of his rights and dump him in a third world country that is at war with itself, she said. Haiti is a country on chaos on the verge of collapse where gangs are forcing hospital closures. Angel has a heart condition and his grandmother lives in the mountains. There's no plumbing in the home, there's no water in the home, there's no electricity in the home, she said. Florida State Representative Dottie Joseph of North Miami said she has reached out to DCF. My reaction is this is absurd. Joseph said she wants D DCF to take a hard look at the case. Whomever they contracted with that found the situation in Haiti was somehow acceptable was beyond my comprehension, she said. 
In Broward County, the Department of Children and Families contracts with the nonprofit ChildNet for its foster program. Izquierdo has also ruled against the input of the child's guardian, Adlitam, who is supposed to be Angel's advocate. She vehemently opposes him being sent to Haiti, and the guardian program said, oh well, we're voting to send him. Angel has three other siblings in South Florida who share the same grandmother in Haiti. They have all been adopted. Izquierdo presided on one of those cases. It is worth noting that Angel was born in the U.S. and is an American citizen. There are no laws to protect an American citizen baby because no one ever thought they had to write a law. And they have no way. There is no way for them to follow up on him. Tamara, and An Tamara said Angel could be taken at any moment, so she keeps a suitcase full of a month's worth of formula and food as she prays for a miracle. The family has spent more than $50,000 in legal fees. Although a federal judge on Thursday denied the family's request to halt sending Angel to Haiti, Joseph is seeking assurances from DCF that they will not do so until they have taken a close look at the case. She's hoping to have more information in the next few days. <sighs> what kind of country are we living in? What kind of world are we living in? The child, 10 months old. The father and want the pitney. But more importantly, this is an American citizen. Oh, child was born in the U.S.? Child born in the U.S. So what's the part? What did they say? Why did they put in the child? The mother lost all rights for the child. The father no one, the pitney. And they are wanting to deport on the premise that the child should be with its grandmother in Haiti. The section of Haiti that this grandmother lives in, according to the um, foster parents right now, there is no water, no light, no, things are bad. The child has a heart condition. But why are we deporting an American citizen? Something all right with this. I'm sorry. His color. You're right, Otado. Point blanket. What else can we think? A 10-month-old baby born in the United States of America. Are you going to port a bit? No. What is fun with father? Born right here in the United States of America? I'm no legal expert. Go, go ahead. Oh, oh okay. Go ahead. Uh, who wants to go first? Otado or president? Toss Toss a coin. <laughs> Let's go in alphabetical order. L M N O go out to order. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. I, I'm no legal um, expert, but I've seen cases where, even even if there is a paternal grandparent, um, and the conditions are not to where the child is in the best in interest of the child, especially with. Things like they know he has a heart condition. They know the condition of where the person will be staying. And there is a um, family that's willing and able to make a better home for the child. They go with the better home for the child until 
the paternal um, parents, grandparents, or whoever are able to provide a safe um, home for that person. This this right here, point blank, is because of the color. Because you can't, I don't see anywhere where you would take an American citizen and tell him he has to go live in another country. That's crazy. An American citizen with health issues. A 10-month-old American citizen with health issues. No mother because the mother has been stripped of the rights. A father who doesn't want anything to do with the child. I've, I've been on cases. I've been on cases where the maternal grandparents um, are right here in the U.S. The, the child is not a U.S. citizen, and because of the location where that person lives, um, custody was awarded to the foster parents. And you know what um, their demographics were. Yeah, you don't have to. You, you don't have to say anymore. But here's the thing out order. The baby has three siblings. All have been adopted. Has three other siblings. All have been adopted. So why not try to get this child adopted instead of passing the judgment of the child to be sent back to Haiti? That would be too much brain power for him or the judge. This one is heartbreaking. I'm sorry. It is truly heartbreaking. Um, morning, everyone. Good morning, James. Yeah. Um, you remember two weeks ago, you were reading the story about um, the, the American government and the Canadian government sending um, forces into Haiti to help them? Yeah. And in the protests, I think it was a, a woman that said that they don't, they don't want them because... Um, they're evil and they have no good intention. Yes. Stories like this kind of prove it because this this child is an American. You know, like it, it's not going to take anything. So, like, if you can do this, and I'm I'm in Haiti and I'm getting this news, why am I going to want you to come and 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 arm the government to 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 do whatever? If you can't do this, or am I going to trust you to do something that's that's deeper than this? You know. Yeah, it's yeah, it it is sad because like the child, it's an American. The child is 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 like a a sponge, an empty sponge that um no influence or nothing is is in that child yet. It's not like an adult where you can say no, we're gonna deport because whatever. Like anything that's happening going to happen to this child in the future, this child is an American. There's no influence on Haiti. Whether you want to say, you know. If you were about this child going to contribute to crime or anything like that in the future, this child is an American citizen. So I, I don't. It's, it's disgusting. It's heartbreaking. It's evil. It's like for them to even like, just imagine the fifty thousand dollars that this these people are spending on on legal fee to keep an American citizen from being deported. Yeah, it's 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 cold, <laughs> very cold. Uh, this is an all time low, James. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Go right ahead. No, man, you're fine, man. I was, I was, I was basically um, agreeing 
with, with James, but also adding it. I mean, it sounds it sounds way more than just what we're hearing, you know. And the, the fact that you even mentioned um, about him having, so you said that he had other siblings, right, and they Three, were adopted. Right, and the adoption proceedings, the same judge that is issuing the order for him to be deported presided mm -hmm. over one of the adoption cases of the of, of his siblings. So the very same judge. Said same that, judge. So, I'm sure that judge have full knowledge of them being, I mean, you know, siblings or whatever. So that's what I mean. I think it, it just sounds like there's something missing in all of this. Like, yeah, the fact that the child is an American citizen, plus the fact that that child's um, siblings was adopted, right? And that same judge was one of the, um, proceeded over one of the adoption um, process. Yeah, yeah, something missing. That, 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 yeah, something missing in that. that. I don't know what, but. So, yeah, something is off. Something off about that. Because, okay, I'm. Sh I'm a judge. A baby is a U.S. citizen, born in the U.S., not a naturalized citizen. Enough. It's not as though the, one of the parents got um, citizenship, and because they're under, is it under eighteen, them automatically get citizenship too. So it's not through naturalization. The pitnebania, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So we don't even know how else to put it. The child is an American citizen and the judge is going to say that this baby is to go back, is not go back, is to go to Haiti to his grandmother in Haiti. The Pitney have heart issues, health issues. The family spent more than 50000 The foster family have spent more than $50,000 because they've had the baby in their care. They've been fostering since the baby was a couple of days old. And unfortunately, listen to this now. I'm telling about the day. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm telling about the laws now. There are no laws to protect an American citizen baby. Because no one ever thought they had to write a law. Explain that to me. My um, moments. My question is, if the other the siblings were deemed good enough to be adopted by a, a family here, that means that they the same judge found that there was conditions that were not in their favor to be um sent to their maternal grandparents or which or whoever that it is in another country so what makes it so different now with this particular child so when when you're in cases like that they look at all the circumstances and all the evidence presented even other judgments such as that especially when there's another sibling involved if they're going to take away and separate the siblings like that, they look at the totality of the circumstances. 
Now with this, there is, um, like President was saying, there is something else behind it. Me personally, I just boil it down to what my first statement. What's your because first? <laughs> the skin color. I feel love to stop crying. This one right. has really hit me to the core because it's a baby, a 10-month-old baby old daughter. And the thing about it is that the state will be responsible for health care and all the bills and everything that comes along with it. Because once you're in the system, there you're still their responsibility until you're um, 18. 18, right. So it's, it's whether they want to flip bills or not. Well, let's see what Dr. Joseph is able to do because she says she has reached out to DCF. But is it that the DCF recommends this and then the judge just goes along with the recommendation order? Is that what it is? DCF said the Pitney figure here, although the Pitney is an American citizen born in the US, a 10-month-old baby with health issues. Send the Pitney guy here to live with a grandmother who now have light nor water nor plumbing. That 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 makes sense. Yeah, they can make those recommendations, but the judge doesn't have to go with it. But in this case, it seems like that's what they were willing to do. Okay, hold on. We have some. I, I said I was going to do better with checking the chat, right? And I'm I'm improving out the order. So, Bougie. Okay, let me go ahead and bring up. Welcome to Coffee and Chill, Bougie. Thank you for coming. I'm, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine. I just wanted to give some context to someone who works in that profession. Okay. Which one? DCF or legal? Uh huh. Okay. DCF. Yeah. Okay. Talk to us. So the, the thing is this, because of the overwhelming number of black and brown children who are in foster care, there has been a concerted effort to reunify children with their biological if not parents, then definitely relatives. So those older children who may have been, whose rights, whose the legal rights have been terminated and subsequently adopted, they may have kind of like, depending on their age, I don't know, you know, if it's a decade to, there's a significant, there's been significant push within the last five to 10 years to ensure that children are connected to their families because there had been a effort and a very big backlash of children being taken away from their communities, from um, f extended family members and to their, the de their detriment. So subsequently, they have they, we there has been a concerted effort to reunify children with their family regardless of people's economic situations regardless wow right okay the money play the money plays a role it is not the determining factor okay just plays a role so in this right. particular situation the child born in the U.S., is a U.S. citizen. The mother has been stripped of her rights. The father doesn't want to have anything to do with the child. The child has three other siblings that have been adopted. One of the adoptions was presided over by the said judge who is um, signing off that the child is to be um, 
stripped of its uh, status and sent to Haiti? Well, the child, they can't denaturalize a citizen, a child. The child will probably at most be, have be a, a dual citizen, but because they're being sent to Haiti, but if this grandparent has been identified and is identified as a resource who wants to take this child, if she has a genetic relationship with this child and she says she's willing to do what she has to do for this child, she literally, she will be given priority over a stranger because children have unfortunately been separated from their body lots of negative implications, specifically with black and brown and indigenous children. Oh my God, this is just disheartening. Um, I mean, it's disheartening, but at the same token, it's, an, it's a no-win situation for everybody, right? It's a no-win situation because this these adoptive people have a relationship with this child for 10 months right it's it's a sad thing to do it's also disheartening because i mean it's a no-win situation because this is some real solomon type thing we have a relative who wants to take this child why would we say no if she has because they can people the state has been suing multiple lawsuits have been filed across the country about systematically removing children away from people who have a relationship with them. Now, whether or not she knows this child or not, either be through genetics or affiliation, other affiliation through like extended and informal networks, we absolutely, absolutely give them priority. Biology always get family always gets priority. Money is not always a determining factor. And the thing is this, it's not necessarily the state not wanting to foot the bill mm -hmm. because if these children were, like if mom's rights were terminated, if the child was free for adoption, um, if the child was free for adoption, they, the parents don't get any money for the kid, right? They absolutely have to absorb the cost and it would just be like they're legally their child if they gave birth to them. The thing that the money comes in when these children have no status and they remain in foster care, essentially. And that's what people, you know, their children languishing, children who are languishing in foster care right now because, um, and it's, you know, their federal statutes where states are like, listen, we're just, we're terminating people, children's rights. We're not going to, these parents' rights, excuse me, we're going to put them on goals to free them for adoption so they can have permanency so that the state no longer has to fund them to support them. Somebody adopt them and they can have a family, you know, they can be free and be functioning adults. So it's a very complicated process. And on the outside looking in, you know, um, it looks like this is somebody's being, you know, a relationship is being destroyed. It's like, no, one relationship is being prioritized over the other. This is this child's relationship with her grandparent. God willing, this woman will do what she has to do with this child, but they can't strip the child of her citizenship status. That doesn't happen. Okay. All right. she, she'll just be an American living in Haiti. She may get dual citizenship status, but she's going to be living with her grandmother. 
Okay, so I'm glad you cleared that part up because the article did say stripping of the child. Okay, now, oh Lord, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, I totally get it, Bougie. I totally get it. The need to keep them connected to family because of we we know of the uprisings, right? Um, especially when it comes to Haitian children, we're fully aware of that. All children, like all, but particularly even black children, black and brown children and indigenous children in this country, things that not happened domestically, you know, children have been taken from parents, freed for adoption, and nobody is taking the, taking the time to ask for aunties, uncles, cousins, grandmas, godmothers, you know, neighbors, everybody who has a, a support, the village and put them someplace else. And it's like, but you didn't ask me if I couldn't do this. What about my sister? Right. What about my brother? What about my grand? What about my mother? What about my cousins? Right. What about my siblings who, you know, we have children who oftentimes adults have adopt their younger siblings just based on how life works. Yeah. And this has happened more often than not. And it's destroyed families. Oh boy. Um, I'm sorry. This one, it, it really hurts me to my core. I'm sorry. Right. Somebody else was trying to speak. Who, who else was that? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yes. I just wanted to, Go ahead. I just wanted to get this moment. I just wanted to give you some context. Yes, and like, I'm glad. No, I'm this good. is how this is like, it looks weird, but really and truly, they're just prioritizing one relationship over another. And I, no, I truly appreciate your explaining it, Bougie, because, um, you know what? Yes, we are on one side of the fence making our comments and, and we're speaking from an emotional standpoint, right? And how we would see things in the perfect world and we're looking out for the child and thinking this is best for the child. But then you have the laws and you have the order of operation. So I am truly grateful for your coming and explaining it to us how it works and why things go the way they go. But I'll go ahead, Altada. I'll shut up. You go ahead, Altada. <laughs> it's all good. No, um, in regards to what Bougie just said, with all that, the circumstances, my my thing still goes back to if they're still trying to maintain a um, a family lifestyle with the the children. What was so di what is so different in this case versus the siblings' case where the sibling was allowed to be adopted? but this child is not see some parts are still separating the families in that sense oftentimes and i i, I hear what you're saying because i've seen those things happen what has happened often is timing and the quality of the casework right sometimes you will have instances with older children who are have been freed for adoption determined their rights to parents have been terminated out and those relatives were not aware of those other babies, right? These older children for either nobody picking up the phone, nobody returning the call, things like that. I've absolutely seen it happen. And so the court just moves through as it does. I think what probably happened in this instance was somebody picked up the phone. Mm. And this is why I, or somebody got there, did their due diligence, got on WhatsApp, right? I can say I've been working in this field for almost 20 years. We have absolutely been able to communicate with people internationally much better than we have um, now, than we have at the start when we first started. So we are able to reach out and have conversations with people and make arrangements and figure things out. Um, 
And oftentimes it will happen where somebody is literally something as simple as picking up the phone, picking up the phone. And my only, my only, my only beg is, is somebody who does this to, you know, if somebody calls you, if you get a voicemail, if you get a text message saying that they're from one of these type of agencies, call them back. Because while you may not be able to intervene in the immediacy or even the long term, you might be able to put us in contact with somebody who can. Right, right. And come up with a plan to avoid siblings being split up from each other. And being on different continents, well, being on different countries. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. Let me um, tap into your uh, expertise then. If you received, if you reached out to this particular party and they're in, in Haiti or another country such as this, they have basically less than adequate um, equipment and insufficient lifestyle to protect a, a child such as this with certain these certain conditions. Would you make the recommendation that the baby be sent into that environment versus? Well, the thing where, is this. There's a legal, and this is the weird thing, here in New York State, there is the catch-all for, I'm sorry, I'm getting a red bar, you're probably going to No, we're hearing you, we're hearing you, we're hearing, go ahead, go ahead, we're hearing. There's the legal ability to be under the court's jurisdiction and for you to get, you know, having certain support services, right, where you can um, absolutely have the local DCP um, office kind of monitor you, get you together, so that way at some point we can pull out, right? There's not always this adoption or nothing, foster care or nothing status. There are absolutely several levels of gray here, and we can be like, okay, you're under court-ordered supervision. This is what we will do what we have to do to link you to certain um, supports within the community so that way you can do this and we don't need to be here. And then you can file for custody or guardianship. So it's not a black and white circumstance. It really is. There are many multiple midsteps in between. Um, no, but what I was saying is that the, um, your expertise, you, you would be basically making the the recommendation to the courts to say, I do think that the maternal grandparents are able to take care of this child with the conditions that they have, or would the, an adoption be a better circumstance for the child? Because I've seen where that has happened as well. I've absolutely had to have a conversation. It, there's so many outliers. You can't ask that. I can't make that assessment. I would have to be like, so what's your health looking like? Because we know 60 now is not the same as 60, 20 years ago. You know, 50 now is not the same 50, 20 years ago. Are you, what are you willing to do? What do you need help with? What would you be willing for us to help you with? And so we could get you to, like, it's you, it's a conversation that has to happen. I don't know what's going on. And we would absolutely be doing our due diligence to, like, because I have done my due diligence. Listen, when I, it wasn't Haiti, but it was Puerto Rico. And I've had to say, listen, okay, I need the local DSS office to tan the baton there and support this family here because they absolutely are, um, are in need of supervision and support. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. There's too much con there's too much yeah. there's too many nuances. You a can't lot. you can't ask that question. <laughs> like fairly. Like I would be I would be like it would absolutely be unethical for me to make that conversation. Right. No, the reason the reason why I asked the question is be, is um simply because that we know we are just sitting here in the room that we're having a discussion and we already have the information that this person has no no lights, no running water, and this child has a heart condition. Okay, so the conversation is what can the state do to support her so that way, like I like to do like a myth, let's let's problem solve, right? Okay. What are you willing to do to get to keep this child here? Are you willing, what's available to you? What resources do we have available? You may not have lights, but do you know somebody that can support you in getting a generator? No. So you no, have no, like bougie. like that bougie. kind of thing. Bougie. Those are those bougie. are the those are the conversations you have to have. Bougie, the the the, convers- the portion is that in Haiti the person does not have those items. I know, and that's what I'm that. saying is I know in Haiti, but guess what? I also understand Haiti does not live in this weird bubble where things can't be brought to them, okay, and understand that saying. things can't be made to happen so that way this is supported. You know, can I can I interject here? Here's what I'm thinking, and it's sad that my brain is going in this direction, right? Um. Here's what I'm hearing. They probably reached out, got in touch with the grandmother. The grandmother probably has people in her ear saying, yes, take that child because that's probably going to be an economic benefit to us. Forgive me for thinking that way. But listening to what you're explaining, um, Bougie, and then listening to what Otada is asking, that's where my head went. I'm wondering if it's a situation where the grandmother knows that she doesn't have plumbing, she doesn't have light, she doesn't have running water, child has an, uh, a health situation, the child is a citizen, so could it be then that they're going to send the money for me to be able to look after this child? So you know what? Bring the child come. I am going to promise them that I'm going to see to it that these things are addressed and the child will be safe. I'm just wondering. Well, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I I don't live in I don't live in Oz, right? Right. That happens here. So it, this ain't nothing. This ain't this ain't special in Haiti. It happened in the Bronx. Right. It happens in Boston. It happens in Birmingham. People are people. Yeah. But again, if y'all don't like the way the laws are, this is where you vote for other judges because you will let these people into office okay you don't like how they vote them out (laughs) no for real plain plain and simple yeah plain and simple this is the policy this is how this absolutely mobilizes um civic engagement because it's like if you don't like these kind of rulings get these people off the bench yeah that's how you get them out and it's unfortunate. Listen, I have questionable decisions. I look at judges all the time. Like, I live in reality. I don't know what you think is happening, but the reality that I live in is not that. So, and I'm not trying to center myself on a stage, but I'm just here to say what we think. One, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of nuances play here in our Americanness and our privilege. 
we are having conversations about what the how the world is going and why the world is the way it is. We really need to be mindful of our white supremacy functions and why Haiti is in the state that it's in. That's number one. So let's keep let's let's be let's not be mad at this grandmother. Let's be mad at like some systems of systemic oppression. Additionally, we also have to be mindful of the laws in which these these film that these judges utilized. He couldn't do it if no if the law didn't say he could. He couldn't do it if the Lord did not empower him to do so. So there's his judicial discretion at that. Then we also have to have, then we have to have <laughs> conversations about what is going on with people with the foster care system that we need to be mindful about and why people are relying so why children are being abandoned. I'm just glad that at least there's some that this child is safe and this child is like not in the streets someplace right. being harmed. These are small miracles. These are small bags, right? These are small wins. So I, I thank you, Bougie. I thank you. I would love the opportunity to ask Jose Izquierdo, who is um one of the judges in the 17th uh, district. Is, am I saying it right? Yeah. Court in Fort Lauderdale, the, the dependency division of the 17th judicial um, circuit. Let me get it right. I would love to ask him and why that decision was voted on and that was the outcome of the vote um, if he didn't have the discretion. And the reason I would love to ask him is more so because he presided over one of the adoption cases for the, the baby's other three siblings who, let's be reminded here, share the same grandmother in Haiti. So all four have the same grandmother, three adopted, one has to go to Haiti. It's literally, I bet you it's literally she decided she knew about that one and didn't know about the other ones and they couldn't overturn the adoption. Yeah. Sounds like no the more I think about it, hmm. And I as you say, they do it here in the States too. I think that this is an opportunity. My thought. It's an, it's an investment. Yeah. Look at it that way. It's so sad that this is how we treat people. Um, it is truly unfortunate. Um, and yes, I do understand that we have to follow the laws. Um, and if the law says we go this route, these are the steps we have to follow. But we can change them. And we That's can change. I was about to say that. Them. We can change it. And the way we change it is by making our voices heard. But remember, this is something I've always said to prior to going out to vote, see to it that we do our research on those who are on the ticket, right? See how their um values and their morals and their, their history lines up with our beliefs, right? Um and there, there's work there that they have done. There are cases that they have handled and there are outcomes. Do we agree with the outcomes, especially ones where they, in the end, had the final say? They could make the decision to swing left or right, right? So due diligence, we have to do on our part. I'm just going to say this, folks. I don't know where you are, but here in New York State, there are several judges up for election in New York State. 
make your voice heard in the Supreme Court, um, the New York State, the state Supreme Court. There's several things being voted on this. And these midterms are actually more, the midterms are more important than the the uh, presidential elections. Yep. You just got to go out and make your voice heard. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, Bougie, thank you so much for um, shedding some light and giving us some insight. And um, we appreciate that you're able to share what you can However, you know, we, we understand that, you know, there, it's broader than we're looking at and there are more, there are other nuances that come into play, but I have a better understanding of how it works. We don't always agree on how the system works, but at least we have a better understanding, right? So, um, it is my hope that something will intervene there will be an epiphany on the court side and um because this this foster family has spent over fifty thousand dollars in legal fees and we hope that it will not be in vain right um but it is what it is we head on over to texas texas dps did not fail uvalde in school shooting response director says as families demand he resign this story courtesy of cnn in the face of calls for his resignation Thursday, Texas Department of Public Safety Director Colonel Stephen McCraw did not step down, saying at a meeting of the agency's oversight board that his officers did not fail the community of Uvalde during a May mass shooting in which 19 fourth graders and two teachers were killed. If DPS as an institution failed the families, failed the school, or failed the community of Uvalde, then absolutely I need to go, McCraw said at Thursday's meeting of the Texas Public Safety Commission. But I can tell you this right now, DPS is an institution right now, and this institution, as of right now, did not fail the community Plain and simple. McCraw's comments, which came moments after several of the victims' families demanded he resign, followed the referral of seven DPS um, officers for investigation by the agency's inspector general for what they did or didn't do as a gunman killed 21 people at the Robb Elementary in the worst U.S. school shooting in nearly a decade. While nearly 400 officers from DPS and 22 other agencies responded May 24 to the Uvalde campus, starting within minutes of the first gunshots, law enforcement waited 77 minutes in violation of commonly held active shooter protocol and training before breaching adjoining classrooms to find the victims and kill the 18-year-old gunman. It's been five months and three days since my son, his classmates, and his teachers were murdered, said Brett Cross, who was helping raise his 10-year-old nephew, Uzziah Garcia, before the boy was killed in the shooting. But while the clock keeps ticking, Cross said, several numbers remain the same. It was 77 minutes that 91 of you all's officers waited outside while our children were slaughtered, and we're not waiting any longer. Our families, our community, our state has waited long enough, and playing politics will only put the lives of more Texans at risk, Cross said, adding, I expect your resignation immediately. One officer, McCraw said, had resigned while under investigation and is not eligible to return to the department, while another is on the, the termination process right now. 
However, while McCraw admitted Thursday that the DPS was not without fault, acknowledging its officers were on the scene within minutes of the shooting starting, he did not immediately offer to resign. <laughs> so, you're telling me 21 people dead and the DPS as an institution did not fail the families, did not fail the school, did not fail the community, did not fail those victims of Uvalde. And you are not going to step down because there were no failures, even though officers arrived within minutes of the first gunshots, but waited 77 minutes, which is in violation of commonly held active shooter protocol and training. 77 minutes, and you're telling me that nothing went wrong. How do you stand in front of parents and tell them you did nothing wrong, that there's nothing wrong with the system? Because that's what you're saying, it worked perfectly. Which then sends another message. It sends another message, unfortunately. Whether subliminal or blatant, however you want to look at it. But it tells me that because these were Latino children or children of Latino parents, it didn't matter. The sense of urgency was not there. That's the message you're sending to me. I'm sorry. If DPS as an institution... You know what? Miss Moments, I was going to say those children were the wrong color. That's, we know this. Yeah. We know this. They are playing in our faces, people. <sighs> My heart broke when I heard about um, that shooting because it was terrible. It was heartbreaking to watch those parents. And so, again, get mad, get mad enough. Do what they did in Florida. After, what was it, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, a lot of those children who survived ended up, they made activists. This is the sad part of that. They, made them, they turned into anti-gun activists. And some of them are actually running for local offices. Vote them people out. That's it. They're not going, they don't have the dignity to resign. Vote them out. Fire them. <laughs> uh, I mean, this I don't know. I really don't know. Can someone who is a leader, and this is the problem we have with leaders and people in leadership roles today. We are too comfortable. Too comfortable. We feel as though we're indispensable, and God forbid you pull the rug from under us. We have got comfortable in our positions of power. What is so hard about saying to these families, even though the call may not have been yours, be a true leader and get up and rise up and be honest and say, we failed. We failed the families. We, but we failed the victims. 
We failed the families. We failed the school. We failed the community of Uvalde. But God help us. We are going to rebuild and we're going to all sit together and come up with solutions. I may not be at the helm. And if you want me gone, I'm okay with that. And I can understand your reason for not wanting me at the helm anymore. And it is in the best interest of this community for me to step aside. But believe me, I am going to be right there with you even stepping aside to help rebuild this community. Instead, you tell the people that nothing went wrong. Go Moments. ahead, Javette. I'm so sorry. Go right ahead. No, that's okay. Um, basically, he's just backpedaling because he did say that. And that's why the parents were calling him out. He did say that they failed. But now he's backpedaling. Why is he doing that, Javette? Why is he now saying that well, there he did not fail the community? He's trying to avoid a suit being named in a civil suit. <laughs> Literally, waiting to happen. He has absolute legal legal exposure. Look at what happened with Sandy Hook and what they did to Alex Jones. They got that man for a billion dollars, billion plus. I'm sorry, Miss Moments. Yeah, but that. <laughs> Listen, listen, we, we need change. We need change. And I feel it for these parents. I feel it for the community. I feel Javette as though they have just thrown uh, a bomb in their faces. You know, when you what, what are those things when you throw them into the, the buildings and um, grenades? That's how the, it's the smoke grenades. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel. Like this is early voting in Texas. So. They can do what they need to do. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Everybody that feels a little too comfortable because they have been in their positions for a little bit too long, get them out. We have made them feel comfortable. It's time for us to make them realize that we are your bosses and you got to go. Plain and simple. And our next story. Capital rioter who dragged officer into mob sentence to more than seven years in prison play stupid games you win stupid prizes the capital rioter who pulled police officer michael fanoni into a violent mob on january 6 was sentenced to more than seven years in prison on thursday the man albuquerque head of tennessee pleaded guilty to assaulting the officer in may during the events outside the U.S. Capitol, the 43-year-old construction worker grabbed Fanoni around the neck and told the crowd around him, I got one! Then forcibly dragged Fanoni down the Capitol steps and into the mob of rioters where he was beaten, kicked, and attacked with a stun gun. He was your prey. He was your trophy said Judge Amy Berman Jackson as she ordered Head to serve 90 months in prison, seven and a half years, followed by 36 months of supervised release. People need to understand they cannot do this or anything like this again, she said. They cannot force their will on the American people when they have already spoken at the ballot box. That's the opposite of democracy. That's tyranny. Head will receive credit for the approximately 18 months he spent in pre-trial detention.
The judge also ordered the offender to pay $2,000 in restitution to the architect of the Capitol. An additional amount of restitution to Fanon will be decided at a later date. Head was one of several men charged in connection with the brutal assault on Fanon. One of them, his co-defendant, Carl Young, was sentenced to seven years last month. I got one. <laughs> May the Lord help us. Tyranny indeed. Tyranny indeed. Going to take another quick break. When we return, we will have more stories from the international scene and out of Latin America. Here's a little Nelly Furtado for us, promiscuous. Didn't think so. How you doing, young lady? The feeling that you're giving really drives me crazy. You don't have a play about the choke. I was at a loaf of words first time that we spoke. You're looking for a girl that'll treat you right. You're looking for in the daytime with the light. You might be the type if I play my cards right. I'll find out by the end of the night. You expect me to just let you hit it, but will you still respect me if you get it? All I can do is try. Give me one chance. What's the problem? I don't see the ring on your hand. I'll be the first to admit I'm curious about you. You seem so innocent. You wanna get in my world, get lost in it. Boy, I'm tired of running. Let's walk for a minute. Promiscuous girl, whatever you are, I'm all alone, and it's you that I want. Promiscuous boy, you already know that I'm not yours, what you waiting for? Promiscuous girl, you teasing me, you know what I want, and I got what you need. Promiscuous boy, let's get to the Hey, I can't keep my mind off you. Where you at? Do you mind if I come through? I'm out of this world. Come with me to my planet. Get you on my level. Do you think that you could handle it? They call me Thomas. Last name Crown. Recognize gang. I'ma lay mine down. I'm a big girl. I can handle myself. But if I get lonely, I'ma need your help. Pay attention to me. I don't talk for my health. I want you on my team. So does everybody else. Baby, we can keep it on the low. Let your guard down. Ain't nobody got it out. If you were the girl, I know a place we can go. <laughs> Kind of girl do you take me for? This girl is good.
a trophy or you wanna sport me, baby? Move me on your neck, cause you wanna respect Cause you're fighting some war, baby Well, I had to bring a fist out Had to put a wall up, but don't trust phones, baby yeah. You got to make yeah. more yeah. baby Cause you got your candy yeah. on your arm No need to touch your gut, no Thank you to all our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Thank you to everyone listening online on JanoRadio.com. And a huge thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee Into World News On The Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You see the shock it is Freestyle Friday, whatever goes in the Friday mix today. You can follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And the mean everything is M I. Still to come, we have international news, news out of Latin America, business and tech news, health and science news, sports news, believe it or not, and entertainment news. Keep it locked. Quality music while you work or play, log on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Coming up later on tonight on JanoRadio.com, it is Wanted Fridays with Mixmaster Kavon. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. Download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And it is time for us to get into the details of our international stories. Our first story is out of Uganda. It's courtesy of aljazeera.com. The Ugandan government is under pressure to bring an escalating Ebola outbreak under control after the health minister announced that six school children in the capital city, Kampala, have tested positive for the virus. At least 15 people are now confirmed to have been infected with Ebola, according to a statement by Health Minister Jane Ruth on Wednesday, just days after the government insisted there were no infections in the capital. Aseng said that the children were likely infected by a man who traveled from one Ebola hit district to Kampala and died there. We are able to get this cluster plus one other because of the ministry's vigilance in contact tracing and field case management, she said. However, health experts have criticized the government's response 
to the outbreak as slow and inept due to logistical failures, distrust towards the state, and reluctance to impose restrictions after Uganda endured one of the longest COVID-19 lockdowns in the world. The government first confirmed an outbreak in the Sudan strain of the Ebola virus on September 20 in the Mubende district, some 90 miles from Kampala. As of Wednesday, the virus had spread to seven Ugandan districts in total, affecting 109 people and leading to 30 deaths according to a saying. For our next story, we head up to the UK, courtesy of bbcnews.com. Rishi Sunak, how the US shaped the Britain's, well, shaped Britain's new leader. The UK's new prime minister points to his time in the US studying and working as a defining part of his life. So what are Rishi Sunak's American connections? Well, the 42-year-old has made the California chapter of his biography a key part of his public persona. He frequently cites his time there in his 20s and early 30s to burnish his credentials as a busy, savvy leader. I have lived and worked in California, and I actually think it's one of the reasons that I would be good at this job. That's what he told BBC's Laura Quensberg, and I hope I didn't butcher her name, last month while running for the conservative leadership. Because what I will bring to this job is a way of thinking that is different. When we think about growth in a modern economy, how do you drive growth? You drive it through innovation. Because of my experience, I know how to build that type of economy. Well, here's a closer look at this period which had such an impact on him the power couple on campus. Mr. Sunak started his years in America at Stanford University's Graduate School of Business as a Fulbright scholar heading to Silicon Valley in 2004 as the internet boom was underway. The program, which admits roughly 400 students per year, has a reputation as the most exclusive business degree in the country. Among the classes Mr. Sunak took was the Paths to Power, intended to help students understand power and how to wield it effectively. He did not earn any particular academic distinctions, and his professor in that class was unable to recollect him, understandably, given he taught 100 students a year. But a more life-changing landmark in those early U.S. years occurred when he met his wife, Akshata Murthy, daughter of the founder of Indian tech firm Infosys. Classmates at the time have told biographer Michael Ashcroft that they were a power couple on campus. Derek Bolton, who was assistant dean of admissions from 2001 to 2016 and remains friendly with the couple, says Mr. Sunak entered the program very self-assured. He knew from a young age that he wanted to make an impact on as many people as possible. Earlier this summer, the couple invited Mr. Bolton to Downing Street for tea, where they lived in Mr. Sunak's capacity as chancellor. They showed their visitor exhibits on former chancellors and served biscuits marking the Queen's Jubilee. Mr. Bolton, who attended their New York wedding celebration in 2009, said he was surprised they made the time. Despite the lofty titles and significant responsibility, they are the same two lovely people they were as students, open and kind and humble and remarkably self-effacing, he said. They're very low-key very chill. Well, 
problematic ties. You know, there is always the flip side, right? Mr. Sanak and his wife continue to maintain a flat in Santa Monica, which they regularly visit. But his ties to the U.S. have at times caused an outcry. This year, it emerged he had retained his green card, giving him the right to live and work in the U.S. as a permanent resident. He returned it in October last year, ahead of his first American trip as a government minister. The disclosure occurred around the time it was revealed his wife did not pay taxes as a UK resident. The contra controversies or controversies, however you choose to pronounce it, have been used to raise, to, to raise questions about Mr. Sunak's commitment to the country, despite his being born and raised in the UK, says Victoria Honeyman, who is professor of British politics at the University of Leeds. There are legitimate questions. If you are chancellor, should your wife have non-DOM status? Should you own a green card? The problem is that it gets tied up with a lot of issues that are not necessarily valid, she says, adding, I'm not sure a white politician would have to make those kinds of justifications to the same degree. But such controversies are low level compared to the economic and political crisis he now faces as prime minister. That's according to Rod Decombe, director of the Centre for British Politics and Government at King's College in London. The thing that is going to make or break him isn't the kind of story that he presents or his ties to America. It's going to be how he deals with the most impossible economic situation that he now faces. It is going to be fixed in time for the next. Is it going to be fixed in time for the next election? Probably not. Well, I'm not sure why it's an issue because he did um, turn in his green card um the issue of his wife not having non-domestic status not sure how they feel about that in the uk and does she have to have domestic status in the uk if she because she doesn't pay taxes there i'm not sure how it works but i don't think that should be the overall concern that can be addressed right those things can be taken care of. If she has to establish domestic status, she does that. Um, he turned his green card in, so there is no discrepancy there. But the focus at hand is really the economy. How are they going to fix the economy? How is he going to fix the economy? Making sure he has the right players at the table with him to give sound counsel and that everybody exercises wisdom and not set him up to fail. Granted, I think he does have the gift of discernment where he may be able to navigate that very well. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you just have to laugh. What else can you do, right? I mean, can we run down some things that the past people have in their background? <laughs> like, seriously. It, it, it's it's like he's already being set up to fail. <laughs> they want him to fail, Javette. What do you mean? Already been set up to fail. And I really don't understand why we have to get up, give up our... Let me be quiet. Why we have to give up our citizenship. Um, I'm not sure. I should sure. have citizenship wherever I want to go. But you should be able to. I remember in Jamaica, um, Shaheeni Robinson, she had to give up her um, citizenship. That was the first time her residency 
that was the first time I was hearing about it. And that was a couple of years ago. And I remember turning to my father and I said, so if I wanted to go into politics, I'd have to give it up. He's like, yes, depending on how far you want to go, you have to give it up. You can't maintain it. Um, the reason I don't really know, I, I think for them, it's, um, what you call it? Conflict of interest to some degree. I, I'm not sure at all. I have to say, it's, hold on, James, go ahead, Javette. So, you know, you, my mother had to give up her citizenship for Antigua to become a U.S. citizen here. But when we go back home and you have the line for, you know, citizen, non-citizen. Mm -hmm. And my mother will say, you know, I'm, I was born here. And they're like, if you were born here, you're always an Antiguan. So everybody come through this line. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Whether it's established or not, I, I, a conflict of interest for who, for what? I don't know. I don't if, know. if I'm a citizen of both states, then tax me in both countries and tax me in both countries. Well, there are some people in Jamaica, Javette, who pay taxes in Jamaica and in the U.S. There are some people who do that because of their dual citizenship. But when it comes to running in a government for a government position, I'm not sure why. But someone else was going to speak. J it was James and James has been waiting. Go ahead, James, and then you drink. Go right ahead. Yeah, I, it's it's more than conflict of interest. I think it's it's more of like the captain on the ship um, type of metaphor. So like if, if you're going to be a politician in a country, you have to be um, give up your citizenship um, at a certain level. I think there, there are levels that you can keep it. But the, the idea is that if you're going to make decision for the country, you, you have to be all in. So like if you're making decisions that that's going to like sing the country, like, you don't have the option of just, like, you know, like, one foot in, one foot out type of thing. And I think it's a good it's it's a good policy in some cases, but I think what should be added to it is, like, you know, like in Jamaica now, like, politicians go to, to, to Miami to get treatment. That looks bad because if you're, say, like, Christopher Tufton and you fly to, to, to Miami, that would look bad, like, if you're the Minister of Health and you don't trust your own healthcare system. So I think that that's that's more where it coming from and not not necessarily conflict of interest. Just that if you're gonna lead a country, you have to be all in. <laughs> and not one foot in, one foot out type of thing. I don't think it's it should be a matter of look bad. If you have your money you can pay if you go overseas, go along overseas. Anyway, go ahead Dre and then after you Dre, I'm going to read an article with regard to foreign allegiance versus dual citizenship citizenship courtesy of the Jamaica Kalina. Go right ahead Dre. Thank you. Yeah, I think there was a conflict a few years ago with Daryl Vaz, and that's why that rule changed in Jamaica. Um, I don't remember what, exactly what it was, but it stemmed from him. And yes, it's a conflict of interest, and you have to be all in, as James say. So, you know, what they're looking at is that a lot of the politicians, um, they, they they have a way out. So they will rob up the money, do bad business in Jamaica, have all the access to Jamaica, and the end of the day, then pack up them thing and run gone America or wherever <laughs> it is. But there was a big thing with Daryl Vaz, and he had to, it stemmed from him. Uh -huh. And whatever he did, 
they changed the rule uh, and he had to give up his American citizenship or residency um, to continue to run in office. So whatever. Um, hold on, O'Neill. Hold on, is, hold on. Uh-huh. Sorry, oh, Yeah, so, so, something like I think, yeah, probably O'Neill can give you the more insight, but I, don't, but I know it stemmed from there. Okay, so I'm going to read this article and then over to you, O'Neill. All right, so foreign allegiance versus dual citizenship, and this is courtesy of the Jamaica Gleano, okay? Uh, recently, and this article I pulled up from the archives, it was published on January 27, 2011. So recently, there has been much talk about dual citizenship as it relates to eligibility to the Jamaican parliament. However, the issue is not about foreign citizenship, but rather foreign allegiance. That is a deliberate act to demonstrate allegiance to a foreign power or state. If one has citizenship of another country by birth, then one is not disqualified from the Jamaican parliament. If one has citizenship of another country by birth, then one is not disqualified from the Jamaican parliament. It is misleading for persons to continue to equate dual citizenship with foreign allegiance. Dual citizenship is not synonymous with foreign allegiance. According to our constitution, if someone has dual citizenship and the non-Jamaican citizenship was gained without pledging foreign allegiance, then that person is not disqualified. In addition, the Constitution is so accommodating that persons who are citizens of the Commonwealth can hold positions in our Parliament. In the United States of America, one has to be born in the country to become its president, not in Jamaica or Barbados. Edward Siago was born in the USA but became Prime Minister of Jamaica. David Thompson was born in England, but became Prime Minister of Barbados. And Mara Thompson, widow of David, who won the St. John by election last week, was not born in Barbados, but was born in St. Lucia. The Jamaican Constitution rightly recognizes that the Pledge of Allegiance and obedience to a foreign power or state is absolute, full and complete, and therefore cannot be for two competing entities. There are some positions, such as Prime Minister, Opposition Leader, Legislators, Commissioner of Police and Chief of Defense, etc., that which should have total commitment to Jamaica. To become a naturalized U.S. citizen requires absolute allegiance, the oath states. I hereby declare an oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have, therefore, been a subject or citizen that I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the U.S. This oath is not only absolute, exclusive and comprehensive in its allegiance, but it also requires one to renounce one's Jamaican citizenship. A legislature could make laws to which he or she knows he or she will not necessarily be subjected. No legislator should have divided loyalty or a potential conflict of interest. Interest, sorry. The issue is not about dual citizenship, but foreign allegiance. For that matter, Someone could have three citizenships and not be barred from Jamaican Parliament. However, 
to pledge allegiance to a foreign power or state would be a potential conflict of interest. There is no legislator in the U.S., United Kingdom, or Canada that I know of who has pledged allegiance to a foreign power or state. It would be untenable. There are persons born outside the country who could be elected, but once they pledge allegiance to a foreign power, they would be disqualified. When Abe Dabdub won an election petition against Phyllis Mitchell of the People's National Party, I wrote then that she should be required to return the salary earned. It is not enough for someone to flout the Constitution about swearing allegiance to a foreign power and all that happens is a by-election. A politician who flouts this provision in the Constitution and causes the country to incur cost for a by-election should at least be fined the cost of the by-election. In addition, the salary earned as a member of parliament should be returned. Using persons who have renounced their citizenship by pledging allegiance to a foreign state or power-to-be legislators suggests that we do not have committed and loyal people in our country who are capable of managing our own affairs. Foreign allegiance poses a potential conflict of interest in sensitive positions and undermines our commitment to Jamaica. And that's that article. Go ahead, O'Neill. Go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think I covered a lot of the points um, in that article. So, I mean, the... All right, the comparison of the different countries, Barbados and Jamaica, in terms of... Well, I can't speak for Barbados, with the exception that um, if you're born in a British territory or the Commonwealth, you are always able to sit in Parliament. And once you're able to sit in Parliament, then you're able to become Prime Minister. So I think in a Barbados situation where they talk about a Prime Minister that was born in British territory, as it relates to Edward Siaga, he should have never been Prime Minister of Jamaica. Um, being born in the United States and his parents, I'm not sure if his parents was even Jamaican. I think they were immigrants, Syrian immigrants that lived in Jamaica. Um, I have no clear evidence that Siaga has ever denounced allegiance to the United States. Um, as a matter of fact, in the 1970s, he was pretty much all evidence pointed to the fact that he was still his allegiance was still to the U.S. I mean, all of the information that has come out of the 70s, the CIA, would have shown that he still had allegiance to uh, a foreign power, which is the US. So technically, I think in Jamaica, all because of treaties um, that we have signed, extradition treaties, etc., there's some level of diplomacy that exists between countries. But for Jamaica in particular, um, you can become prime minister if you were born in Canada. Any, any commonwealth, and Canada is a commonwealth country, um, I think once the country becomes a republic, like, like Trinidad became a republic, like Barbados became a republic, I don't, know if, I don't know if they still exist. I don't know if they're a republic. As a republic, they're still in the commonwealth. Because when you separate from the king and the queen, there's a difference between independence and republic status. So... Um, the Darlva situation, though, there was no change of rules. The rules always was on the books. That your just the interpretation of it came out in that court case. So the court case was where Abe Abdul challenged 
um, Daryl Vaz um, in that election. And then after that, there was a slew of challenges for people. And a lot of Jamaican, there was a number of Jamaican parliamentarians that had U.S. citizenship that had to renounce it subsequently to remain in um, in, in in politics in Jamaica. So, um, but I agree with it wholeheartedly. Um, I think there is a, and it's really just affect if you're a U.S. citizen, in, in, in mainly. Um, it's a very thin line, I believe. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, Dre, any? I know you wanted to say anything, Dre, or you're good. The article covered it all for you. Oh no, yeah, the article covered everything and as far as the Darlva situation, I know I heard about the citizen uproar starting then. So thanks for O'Neill for clarifying that that it was already on the books and and it was brought up, you know. And I do agree with O'Neill too. Edward Sierra should have never become um Prime Minister of Jamaica because you could just watch the track record. He acted in the interest of the Americans. So yeah should never become prime minister so I, I agree with those rules all right um jamaican da, 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 edward philip george siaga was born may 28 1930 in boston massachusetts to philip george siaga and erna nee maxwell jamaican parents of armenian lebanese and scottish indian african descent respectively his parents returned to jamaica with edward when the boy was three months old so his parents are Jamaican. They are of Aramean, sorry, I said Armenian, Aramean, Lebanese, and Scottish Indian African descent. What 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 I don't know if is whether they were born Jamaicans, and that is what I'd like to research. Because remember, um, if you we had a lot going back to the seventies, eighties, nineties, going back to the thirties or whatever. You had a lot of you still had a lot of people that came to Jamaica, whether they're from Syria, India, yeah, that became Jamaican citizens, but they weren't born. There's a, I think there's a difference between the birthright citizenship, which is nationalization, and um, like, like, a, like an American-born child can gain US, um, Jamaican citizenship by birthright. And... Um, is that birthright? Birthright is when you're born here, right? Another one is because your parents was. That's the part of it that I've been able to want to research to see if his actual parents were born. Because in that period of time, there was a huge influx of people coming from that side of the world to Jamaica um, and getting involved in the inbound, like the Indians, you know, the inbound stores, etc., etc. All right, so he was baptized in Kingston's Anglican Parish Church, December 5th, 1930. Erna, his mother, was the daughter of Elizabeth Campbell, maiden name, daughter of John Zongaroo Campbell, Eastern Indian descent, and Elizabeth Heron Scottish, both with African descent as well. So I'm not sure if she... It sounds as though the mother is Jamaican, but of has these... Um, ties as well her parents but okay continue talking i'm here digging through i'm here digging through i'm researching <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't, for, I don't for me okay sorry yeah for, for for me i always try to do more research into his parents and there's just always a dead end 
you know so uh, when i look at how the united states operate in the 70s especially trying to fight communism and all of that stuff it's not far-fetched when i was growing up hearing that he's a cia um it's not far-fetched just to how the united states operate and with everything that was going on in cuba in panama in nicaragua puerto rico it's it's not far-fetched that he was an asset so i always do research into his parents to to literally see and just always a dead end for me never but, get but let me ask you a parents. question dre how many of us can trace our beyond our grandparents though sometimes then i'm just here thinking it's not uncommon that you're gonna that we would run into a roadblock you know what i mean we we will hear oh your your mother or your grandmother have this and that and that and that but we can't really determine okay were they born here or did they come here we know and i think that's common from many of us uh, 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 um michelle it's, there's a thin line uh, let, let me tell you what the thin line is uh-huh. in the 1950s 40s 30s there was a lot of and i think chinese indians syrians armenians that came to jamaica as traders some of them never left so they came there they opened stores they started business um some of them became jamaican citizens and remained dual citizens themselves right mm-hmm. now when if 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 i was born so for example my my grandmother was born in panama right by my mom's side mm-hmm. to a jamaican father right and then she subsequently came back to jamaica to live um, um, what, what would have happened is the, I think the thin line is whether or not, so my son was born in New York. Um, I could get him a Jamaican passport. He's a Jamaican citizen. He's a dual citizen, but he's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a birthright American. Now, if he wanted to become prime minister of Jamaica, when he become an adult, he would have to denounce his birthright citizenship in the United States of America and pledge 100 total allegiance to Jamaica. I don't see anywhere in the history books that said Edward Sierra did that. And I think that's the thin line. The thin line is, if you're a Jamaican citizen, you can become prime minister, right? Mm-hmm. However, were, did you denounce all other allegiance? Because remember, to get a Jamaican passport, which technically makes you a Jamaican, even if you were born elsewhere, you don't have to pledge any allegiance or denounce where you're coming from. That's the issue. The issue is where does your allegiance, total allegiance, unwavering allegiance lie? So and let, in- let me ask you a question. I want to make sure I understand. Come here, look a slow right now. Make sure I understand. Let's take my children, for example born in the u.s but they are jamaican citizens as well let us say one of them wanted to get into politics and possibly become prime minister of that country they would have to turn around and denounce their u.s citizenship even though they were born in the u.s yes okay got it that's total allegiance to jamaica all right got it makes sense all right but if it were flipped and they were born in jamaica but a naturalized citizen in the u.s 
they could never run for, pre for president in the U.S. Mm. No, sir? Am I right? But you have to be a natural-born U.S. citizen to be able to run for presidency in the U.S. Am I right? No, sir? No, sir? Go? Yeah, I'm trying to remember my question. Am I wrong or am I right? And I don't make me feel like me an idiot. <laughs> I just read. Are you able to hear me? I think I lost internet. I think my internet just chipped out. Yeah, I realize I'm talking and nobody here. And I'm like, you're oh, hearing me. Right. No, go ahead. Continue. Continue. Right. So I'm saying, on, on, unlike the United States, right, where there are check and balance in the system to ensure, which is why Trump could have come up with the birther thing about Obama. Because, um, if Obama did not have a birth certificate that shows that he was born in the United States territory, he would not have been qualified to be president. In Jamaica, as Fabian just put it, especially the Seattle situation, where is that documentation that shows? O'Neill, I missed Fabian's point because I was knocked out because of the internet, so I'm so sorry. Oh, you, can you tell me what Fabian, Fabian said, please? Well, Fabian was saying that um, the connection, the whole system of connections and having the right last name and being born, being born in the right household and knowing the right people in Jamaica literally waves without any check and balance. Okay. Your ability to become leader. So let me give an example. The doctor guy, Shane, I remember his last name, that was running in St. Mary for the People's National Party. Um, he, he was born, I believe, in Canada. And he, his parents bring him to Jamaica when he was a baby, just like Edward Siaga. His parents were Jamaican. But they came to Jamaica and they became Jamaican. Nobody in his entire life, he spent his entire life in Jamaica, went to high school, went to UWE, got his become a medical doctor, was a head of the medical association at Jamaica before he went into politics. During that entire lifetime, he has never gained a Jamaican passport. So technically, he was living in Jamaica, being accepted as a Jamaican, but have never done the legal paperwork to make himself a Jamaican. And it became a technicality that was that would have disqualified him to sit in parliament so he had to know as an adult big man um it was a big embarrassment for the people's national party it was a big embarrassment because remember i think that is where the jlp started that song my leader barnia that was made for michael manley going against edward siaga was now used by the jlp against the pmp but why was it a big embarrassment? That's an easy fix. Not an embarrassment because you are because it shows that the People's National Party, in vetting their candidate, did not ensure that he passed all the requirements to sit in parliament. And in the same way, our countries run loosely. Where okay. how could he have lived in our country until an adult and immigration never pick up that this man? Because technically, if you're not a Jamaican and you're living in Jamaica over six months, you're there illegal. If you're going to school and you and you don't have a um 
he may have had there's a stamp that goes in your passport that my son has it that gives you um the ability to live go to school and work freely without having without my son's not don't have a jamaican passport so technically he's not a jamaican even though he has the right to become one what he has in this is an unconditional stamp that allows him to live in jamaica for an unlimited period of time and it is renewable so every five years i can renew it every five years so technically that doctor would have had to be living in jamaica on an unconditional stamp for his entire life because he wasn't a jamaican up to the point when he ran for politics and i'm saying the looseness of our system this is why there's so much corruption we have too much loopholes we have too much we have no proper check and balances um for example again another example the guy omar omar davis that was a minister of agriculture and then they found out that his doctorate was an illegal doctorate that he bought from some foreign country and it was a huge disgrace again wow Jamaica just too loose we're too loose <laughs> come on O'Neill. who cares about the details man who cares about the details <laughs> the man had a doctorate man that's enough the man had the doctorate but but you know O'Neill, to your point uh you know nepotism as you know just runs rampant in jamaica and i don't see an end to it because the system is set up as such and it benefits those who have privilege so the incentive to change that to vet uh whether it's political candidates or whatever i i unfortunately don't see that ever changing wow what's wrong with nepotism <laughs> the practice among those with power or influence for favoring relatives or friends that's all the world wrong. What's wrong with it? Uh, exactly. <laughs> What's wrong with it? <laughs> they use it. Um, some people use it the wrong way. I here's the here is how it's used. An example. What O'Neill just said. Or was it Fabian? He Omar Davis. Is Omar or Omar Davis? What's his name? What's his name, O'Neill? Davis, that guy. So he was not qualified. He had a fake degree. That was the use of nepotism in the wrong way. So he was allowed to fall through the cracks. Oh, no worry about it, man. They probably knew. But no worry about it, man. You're good. You're good. We got you. We cover you. So his family members were in a place that got him the position? Probably had the power or the influence. Stole a degree. <laughs> he stole a he stole a degree. Something. And faked his knowledge. Possible. So that's the abuse of nepotism. Because the truth is this: a lot of us, many of us, knowing or unknowing, have benefited from nepotism, right? O'Neill, you know anybody who can do so, 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 so for me? And they're going to refer. Yeah, man. Reach out to James because James um, are the best one me know about. May not be the best, but because O'Neill and James have a close relationship, he's going to sit to it that James is the first one that is mentioned because James is his favorite. Right? Michelle, problem. 
let me get another example, and this is personal now. So, I, again, it's, 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 there are systems, but then it's how loose the systems are. So, a driver's license. So, just like in the US, if you're getting a driver's license in Kingston, you have to have a Kingston address. So, when I was getting my driver's license, I was living up in the hills of St. Andrew. My sister had a house in Kingston. I never quite remember the exact street number. So say it was 70, she lived. In my head, it was 60. So when I went to my doctor bridging to sign up the paper, okay, a medical doctor, JP can sign it and approve your address. Of course, he just signed the document because whatever address there, trust me, he's going to sign it. That has been my address to date on my driving and driver's license. A couple years ago, because <laughs> when you renew a driver's license, you don't have to change your address. Nobody checks your address. Nobody checks to see if you're still living at that address. You have to, you don't have to provide any proof, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a couple years ago, I had a situation um, in Jamaica, and there was a bailiff scenario. And I'm only finding out after almost 18 years of having that driver's license, no more, that the lot... The number that I had on the driver's license is an empty lot that the house has never been at. <laughs> and I'm just saying this to say, that shows you how loose the system is. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> no. I, I, so I'm just showing you how loose Jamaica yeah. is. Jamaica is, I came into the United States, and in order for me to get a driver's license and use an address, I forget to, I have to, I have to go, I have to show um, a bill. If I personally don't have a bill at that house, at the address, mm-hmm. I have to get the owner of the house to sign a document that is notarized by a, a, a notary. The notary has to check all her paperwork and check her license and ensure that she lives there. Mm-hmm. None of that not in that Jamaica. So I'm gonna read the definition. Okay. Let me put it this way. There is a there are two words that are similar, but I think um nepotism is not necessarily a bad thing, right? And all of us at some point have benefited from it. The practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs, right? Um, Or as I mentioned in the case of James and O'Neill, or I might say, you know, somebody might come to me and say, "Uh, moments, I need a DJ, you know, and blah, blah, blah. All right, Teflon, right away. Because he might be my favorite. So I'm going to refer him. Or he might be a member of my family. So of course, I'm going to look out for my family first. Or because he hangs out with us here in Clubhouse every day. You know what? He's a part of the network. So I'm going to use him first. That's how community works. At the end of the day, you were referred to a mechanic, right? Because I don't want them to go to all the time. You know, so you bypass everybody else who might be better. But you go to that mechanic because they were favored by somebody else. All right. Now there's another word cronyism we know the word crony right yeah you crony them it's a common word that's used in jamaica um you and your crony them go sit on one side all right so cronyism refers to partiality to an associate or a friend based upon being a favorite not necessarily qualified for a role so i think what what name dave is this that may be cronyism. 
<laughs> really thin line between cronyism and nepotism. But I want to put it more on the, him, that situation, on the sign of encroning them. <laughs> Moments, you know, you know what's funny? Yes. During the election, that, that was the exact word that was used. <laughs> yeah, you're cronying them. But, but I think I think in Jamaica where nepotism is really an issue, especially in politics, um, where people are getting jobs not based on qualifications at all. Um, also, I believe there should be um, rules and regulations, just like how when you apply for a job in a corporate company, in the private sector, you have to declare if you have a family member working there. Um, all of those kind of stuff. Or if you're doing business. So if I'm doing business with, I remember when I was doing business with Red Stripe, as an employee of a, of a company, not as a businessman, but as an employee at CVM, and I was managing Red Stripe's account, if I was dating somebody that worked at Red Stripe, and it's a serious relationship, like it's a significant relationship, it is something that you have to declare. Um, it could cause termination of your job, right? What we have in Jamaica now is the Prime Minister and his wife, and I remember um, in, um, in Parliament. Um, yeah, and it's not new that family has, yeah, political families, but I'm just saying in a small country as ours, what, uh, what has happened in recent times is a whole heap of husband and wives, father and kids, are sitting at the same time in Parliament, um, in some instances, are sitting on critical committees. So what you find, with the, especially the Hutchinson guy situation, even though his family wasn't sitting in Parliament, with him giving them contracts with the Sugarlands, or, or it's already an issue mm -hmm. that as a politician you're powerful enough to pressure people that are employed by state agencies to give work to family members. It is even more a pressure when it's the prime minister. So one of the housing situation up in Red Hills, one of those property that the NEPA had found issue with, the prime minister's wife was a real estate agent or a realtor, not agent, she's in construction and building. That was building what was a very big investor in that project. The other project that NHD have, the luxury situation, She's again involved in that. So <laughs> how do you, how do I, who want to keep my little salary at NHD, um, that's sitting on the board or in senior management, how do I go against the prime minister's wife, who's also a member of parliament? So Why? I have to agree with you, O'Neill. Our system is loose. Right? That's what you said, right? It is loose. There are too many. Very loose. And because of the looseness, it's like, Loose <laughs> why am I singing that song in my head? Because of how loose it is, it allows for an unlevel playing field. Right? And people are able to get away with murder. And you find that there is an imbalance in the scales, and some people will forever get the breaks and forever get the benefits because of who them know. It's not just Jimmy. And last, Go ahead. And last, last but not least, right? And let me use the word alleged because I can't, if somebody asks me to show them the paper. Yeah, alleged, allegedly. But, <clears throat> but the prime minister of the country 
has a bank account in St. Lucia. That is known because in, in, the, in the 2016 election, it was a topic where his money was and how he was building this huge mansion in Beverly Hills. And then he spoke about not paying taxes because you get a tax break when, as a foreign company, you don't pay a certain land transfer tax when you have the money coming from a St. Lucia bank account to buy the land versus if you're buying the land from a Jamaican bank account, right? Um, allegedly, allegedly, right, the opposition, right, has a company, an investment company, that owns banks in St. Lucia, Cayman, and some other parts of the Caribbean. And allegedly, that's where the prime minister money sits. So the leader of opposition and his right and strong man, bank is where the Prime Minister siphon off all his money. I mean, how can you have a strong opposition when you have other allegiances? What about allegiances now? Where does your allegiance lie? Is it with the country? Or is it with your private sector, personal companies that you own? These are some of the other issues. That is why I look at scammer you with them. Nah, take no talk. Because in their eyes, you need to lead by example. In their eyes, you rich and you get to with all of the skullduggery, but because our oh, little thing, after do that little thing, I go to Western Union and you can clamp it, they clamp it. But who's clamping you? Right. Who's stopping the leakages of the government purse? Um, the, the real read situation, right? Who real read and the CMU guy, they got both got over $15 million payouts on their contracts. And I guess there's legalities to it. But guess what? What about the $50 million? $50 million that you're charged for money that disappeared that they have a paper trail to show that was taken by you. Loose. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you all so much. Got to keep it moving. The Pope warns against the consumption of porn, says it's a vice that so many people have, even priests and nuns. Story courtesy of Bala Alert. The Pope says priests and nuns watch porn too, but he's urging them not to, saying it weakens the priestly heart. During a session at the Vatican, the Pope spoke on the issue of priests and nuns consuming porn. The devil enters from there, said the Pope, mentioning that it's a vice that so many people have, even priests and nuns. And I'm not just talking about criminal pornography like that involving the abuse of children. That is already de degeneration. But pornography that is a little normal. Dear brothers, be careful about this, he went on. He also told his followers that they should not spend too much time on social media. The pure heart, the one that Jesus receives every day, cannot receive this pornographic information. He went on. He said it's best to delete porn from your phone so you will not have temptation in hand. He added that watching porn goes against their promise to chastity. BBC reports. And I say, met the people them married. Met the people them can take a man or take a woman because that's the part of the reason why there is so much child um, sexual, what you call it, sexual, what, what, what molestation, kind of, yeah. sexual molestation. Thank you, O'Neill. Especially with little boys. I would rather uh, them watch I, porn than, than go mess with a little pitney, but go right ahead. 
I don't I don't think I don't think the person messing with the little boy should be married because that's not what they're interested in marriage they're interested in little boys just because you're that's a separate thing that's separate yes separate so that <laughs> yeah I mean I'm okay with them being married but I already but be clear that the one who likes boys likes boys separate thing yeah you see chastity has to be hard it has to be a life of chastity and i'm not saying it's impossible but am i gonna tell you this much pope it doesn't guarantee them a place in heaven it does not guarantee a place in heaven you know what guarantees you god's grace let's get a quick question though just quick uh, whatever it's called how they how they pope no it's like a company somebody reported it that they're watching it on their phone and then he has to have an entire sermon and speech about it it's like the person who steals your lunch in the cafeteria right so somebody reports it and then a news bulletin come out says be aware people's lunches are their own don't steal anybody's lunch that's how it happened I remember I think I remember the Pope Remember, this Pope was a regular man. He used to be a bouncer. He used to work in clubs. Yeah, but he was I'll a regular also, man. I'll also say, I think, I, I think a lot of these um, nuns, priests, have phones that are issued by the Vatican to them. They're checking those phones. But listen, <laughs> Marlon, Marlon, what were you finished what you I'm sorry, Marlon. I think, no, don't apologize to him, but I think I know where he's going, and I'm glad you cut him. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I know exactly where his head is going. Oh, the, so the Pope must have watched it. Marlon, finish. Finish the question. How does the Pope know? No. Rosolo, have several seats, and I go pick out the, the pig's tail out of your teeth. Sorry, 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 you're jealous, you're jealous. But again, question, can we answer the question? So then answer the, how's the Pope? All right, no. Sorry. Brutal, brutal. <laughs> Jeffet, answer it already. Remember, he was a worldian first. Remember that. Remember, he was, before becoming a man of the cloth, he was a man of the world, right? Well, don't put his practices on everyone. Just because he's having a hard time right now, don't make it look like it's all of them. You're having a hard time because you chose the wrong occupation, right? Don't don't put that on everyone. So are we are we saying that the Pope finally start at its old age is having a sensual feelings? <laughs> Go about your business, Odile, and don't disrespect the people that Pope. Listen. I, I could never understand why in the Catholic faith they would not allow the priests and the nuns to marry. And I think um, the mind wanders when it can't have access, right? And it wanders from just man and woman to man and man and then man and little picnic because they, I think that's where the devil is because them restricted, the devil find time for play with them imagination and make them start thinking things that they're not supposed to think and then carrying out these acts against children. Honestly, I, I want to feel that that's part of the problem. 
allow them if them want to be with a woman make them be with a woman make them go marry and have family and carry on their business michelle yeah. scarcity scarcity creates demand <laughs> but uh, don't you don't you think they have secret relationships like the um i think the so popes or, or the priests and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're starved or whatever they're still probably doing their thing on the side like behind closed doors you know um i'd like to be a fly on the wall me this, too um, <laughs> to see what <laughs> guys see, see that, what... <laughs> that's not a secret that is not a secret. They've been doing it for years. Nuns have had babies and have aborted the babies and buried the walls. This is this is true story life. It's not aborted. Even you said aborted, and they yeah, denounce yeah. abortion. Mm-hmm. And yes. the bones are on yes. buried under the church. Exactly. Oh, what a granny! Exactly. I learned something today. I'm just learning this today. Really? Yes. Oh, this is this is this is old news. This has been going on for. Um, for decades, the skulls is on the. the uh, 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 is it my father? Someone who worked at on a building. You know they don't allow anybody to work on their buildings to repair their buildings. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, you, you, if you if a dis, if the building is damaged and in some instances they abandon the building because they're not going to allow certain people to work on their buildings or to refurbish their buildings. Um. I think in Jamaica, I don't know if it's the one up by Immaculate or one of those buildings, there was a lot of bones. Then the baby reached a certain stage where the skull start developed. There was a ton load of bones underneath the building. Wow. This is news to me. It's a, uh, uh, wow. Yeah, and, and it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a prime example, it might, it might be a little bit off topic, but um, if you watch Greenleaf, that's yes. a prime example. Yes. That's a prime example because you, 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 you kind of um, paint them a, a different picture because they're, um, they're working in the church. You think they're all um, righteous. righteous and they don't, they don't, yeah, they don't do them things. But behind closed doors, a lot happens. You see what happened um, with the Greenleaf family. you got the yeah. uncle raping this person raping kids and yeah a lot a lot happens but we just don't hear by it you know what i mean that I'm one recent, new to me but not lie to you moments recently in jamaica i think it's jamaica where the, the the man was charged for telling the lady that he going to pray for her and then when she went into the room tell her to take off all her clothes laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Really? So there's something wrong, clearly, with ministry, when people get into that life. Um, and I'm not saying that we're all human. We're all going to be tempted. We're all going to be tested. And we all have to ask for strength to be able to overcome the temptations, right? Um. Wow, but you, what you should not be doing, especially as someone of the faith leading the sheep, is leading this double life. What is it, shepherds? <laughs> yeah, leading this double life. And that is why there's a little boy who said he doesn't want to be a, a sheep. <laughs> he wants to be a goat. A goat exactly, a sheep. exactly. That is true. 
You're absolutely right. Goats are smarter than sheep. Sheep can be easily led because them turn fool easily, right? They will scatter easily. Oh, Lord, have mercy. No, Canada sends delegation to Haiti to assess security situation. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Whew. Canada has sent a team to Haiti to assess the country's deteriorating security situation as the Canadian foreign minister met with her U.S. counterpart in Ottawa to discuss a Washington-led proposal to send an international armed force to the Caribbean nation. In a statement on Thursday with aljazeera.com, the Canadian Foreign Affairs Department said, in a government said a government delegation was in Haiti to consult with stakeholders on options to support Haitian people in resolving the humanitarian and security crises. The delegation is also considering how Canada can contribute to the international response in Haiti. It is dubbed assessment mission. Canada and the international community are concerned about the violence in Haiti, in particular against women and girls. Canada will not remain idle while gangs and those who support them terrorize Haiti's citizens, and we will support the we will continue to support the law-abiding Haitians to put an end to the crisis in their country, and that is according to Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie. The announcement came as U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made his first official trip to Canada to hold talks with Jolie and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Haiti, which has seen rising gang violence and political instability since the killing of President Jovenel Moise in July of last year, was set to be one of the main topics of discussion during Blinken's visit to Ottawa and Montreal this week. Can I say something? Sure. When the United States government decide that they're going to return the gold reserves to Haiti to help the country to have some level of stability. I think Haiti, Haiti suffers from a similar issue that Jamaica has is suffering from now. They're just far more advanced. Um, Canada is a French territory. Very heavy French territory. Um, parts, of it. parts of it. France still... So remember, the U.S. government policed um, taking, remember, the, I don't know what the fee is that France collects from countries that gain independence from them. Some North African countries have to pay it. I think Haiti had to pay it. Where you literally, they're telling you that you need to pay them for, for civilization. <laughs> what are the, term, the right term, terminals they use? Um, so you have to pay a fee. Because, in other words, it's almost they're saying, okay, we came and we invested in the country through colonization, and we developed the country through colonization, and now that you're free, you have to, you have to pay us for whatever we had, we had invested during colonization in that country. So my issue with Haiti, I, I personally don't support the violence that's happening there. The, I, I think there, there are hoodlums that is taking advantage of the situation. Just like in Jamaica when there's a riot, yeah, people are going to rob the store them because they're under the guise of, 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 a, of a demonstration. But I don't know that sending armies, foreign armies in Haiti is going to change her, um, Haiti's situation. Because the regular citizens 
of the country, when you send in the army and you quell whatever is happening, and then you're putting a puppet government, are we truly helping normal Haitians to come out of poverty? Or is it a continuation? So you have companies like Heineken, Digicel, all of these foreign entities that are in Haiti making millions on the back of Haitians. And it's not reinvesting a cent. Same thing at my Jamaica, just that we don't reach the Haiti level yet. So I'm very aware of these foreign governments that is so concerned, but yet still they're not willing. You're willing to send an army in to quell, but are you willing to rebuild the country? Are you willing to rebuild infrastructure? Are you willing to put your money where your mouth is to help the ordinary Haitian citizens to really have an opportunity to, to, to evolve? That's my thing. I don't. Thank you, O'Neill. Anyone else wants to comment on the Haitian situation before we move forward? Yeah, just real quickly, yes. uh, moments. Yes. Uh, as, I've, as I've said before, um, you talk to folks from Haiti and they'll tell you there's a number of families that actually control the country, regardless of who sits in office. And uh, every time we see these flare-ups, these violent flare-ups and the chaos, upheaval, it's not by coincidence. These hoodlums, whatever you want to call them, uh, gang members, they did not get these guns by themselves. <laughs> There's no production of guns in Haiti. Right. So there has to be uh, people with, uh, you know, uh, very influential people that are bringing these guns in. And it, it's a reason why it has been this way for a while, because it benefits those select families. And that's all I have. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Fabian. Ah. <sighs> Let's see. They, I know, I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, the Haitians, I think it was last week, if I'm not mistaken, they said they don't want a lot, thousands of them, as a matter of fact, protested um, and were against the government and telling them to let the U.S. stay out of Haiti. They don't want a foreign intervention. So, um, for Canada now to be sitting down with um, Blinken, what exactly is their plan? I would like, I'm curious to hear the outcome of their conversation as it relates to Haiti. I know um, conversation was had last week about sending military equipment, not personnel, but military equipment to the government of Haiti so that they could um, use the equipment to try and combat the gangs and what's going on so let us see what comes out of this conversation that um blinken is having with jolie and trudeau okay yeah yeah for, for me i think the only problem i have with it is that i i haven't heard of any funding that's going there because to me like if they're going to send um military help assistance they need to send other um you know, other funding too, like, you know, like um, food supply, um, we, we have shortage of food supply, feminine supply, and stuff like that. And I haven't heard any details of that. Because I think the reason why we have to give them the benefit of the doubt in terms of going to help, because over the, 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 the decades, you know, we have complained about, you know, them, the, the, the unwillingness for them to go to like places like Eritrea, go to places like um, 
um, the Republic of Congo, like all of these places in Africa that have these um, civil war, um, we we often complain about like the, the international community sitting aside and watching um, those states just just fall into you know disrepair. So I believe that if they can go and and offer some assistance in terms of bringing some some sense of normalcy there. That would be good. That that would be a good thing, but I believe that they have to go with um, other stuff too, not just military um, stuff. But they have to go with 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 supplies, with with not necessarily money, because if if people are gonna say they they don't trust the money getting in the wrong hands, but at least to go there and 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 to do stuff and you know they they have to understand that the people of Haiti are going to be very skeptical because of what happened in the past with people from the UN, you know, going there and, 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 you know, raping women and stuff like that. And it's not just in, because it happened in Vietnam too. It happened in other countries that, that are not like um, black or African countries. So it's a, it's a stuff that, it's something that happened historically. But I think we have to be okay. Give them the benefit of the doubt and hopefully they, they will put some money behind that and not just, you know, arming the government. Let me ask you a question, James. Do you think Canada would be effective going in there? They don't want the U.S. Citizens don't want the U.S. Do you think they'll be more um, welcoming of the Canadian government and any help they could possibly get from the Canadian government? Yeah, that, that's my first. When I, when I heard about the story for the first time, I, I thought it would have been better if America s sat this one out. And even if they're behind the scene, um, let Justin Trudeau lead because the advantage with that is that um, I think Justin Justin Trudeau is he has he has a track record with with um, especially you know black people in this country that it's it's something that was inherent from his dad because like you know back in the sixties and this and seventies they used to say like like black women love Trudeau Trudeau was like a rock star the dad. So his popularity now within the black community is inherited from his dad. Okay. Um, so, so I believe that, and Trudeau, you know, politicians, you know, sometimes people have a problem when you, when you say that they are good politicians. But I believe that Trudeau, Trudeau is, is, is an okay guy, right? And with, with Montreal and with Quebec, if he had more power, like, because as I tell you, like, um, Quebec is is like the radical part of Canada, and they they would be able to accept more um, people from Haiti in Quebec because of the the, the 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 language and everything. And I think you know through the push for that more, but the Quebecer, the that those people are some that party like they are some radical people. So I think if he had his way, like he would have done more for Haiti. So I believe that yeah, he would be more effective, especially his government. I don't know about any future government or past, but the Trudeau government will be more effective. More effective. All right. Thank you so much, James. Thank you, everyone, as always. Amazon costs may, well, they are warning, costs may eviscerate profits as shares crash. Amazon.com Inc. has warned that costs might eviscerate its profit for the current quarter as early holiday marketing does little to boost sales growth 
while labor and delivery expenses continue to swell. Shares fell 19% in after-hours trade after the e-commerce giant's bleak forecast on Thursday for the holiday quarter ending December. The last three months of the year include some of the biggest shopping events for sellers in the U.S., including Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And... How Elon Musk financed his $44 billion Twitter takeover. In looking for ways to pay for his takeover of Twitter, Elon Musk has offered up money from his personal assets, investment funds, and bank loans, among others. Well, at first, the Tesla head had hoped to avoid contributing any more than $15 billion of his personal money to the $44 billion deal. A large part of that, around $12.5 billion, was said to have come from loans backed by his shares in the electric car company, meaning he would not have had to sell those shares. Ultimately, Musk abandoned the loan idea and put more funding in cash. The 51-year-old ended up selling around $15.5 billion worth of Tesla shares in two waves, in April and in August. In the end, the South African-born billionaire will personally cough up a little more than $27 billion in cash in the transaction. And importantly, Musk, who Forbes magazine says is worth around $220 billion, already owns 9.6% of Twitter in market shares. And as he takes on his role, (laughs) his reign, he started that by Firing CEO and top executives. These stories are courtesy of Al Jazeera News. Elon Musk has kicked off his tenure as the new owner of Twitter by giving the boot to the social media giant's top leadership. After closing a $44 billion deal to buy the company on Thursday, Musk swiftly fired three of Twitter's most senior executives in a signal of his intent to put his stamp on one of the world's most influential social media platforms. Chief Executive Parag Agrawal, Chief Financial Officer Ned Sigal, and Vijay Gadi, Head of Legal Policy and Trust, were all shown the door, according to multiple media reports citing for people familiar with the situation. Well, Twitter and Musk have yet to officially confirm the firings. (laughs) And let me just go over this real quick. The FDA is recalling um, heating pads, might bliss healing pads that are sold through Amazon and Walmart. So you may want to check your medicine cabinets or your, the drawers or cupboards in your bathroom. Um, Might bliss heating pads. There's a recall on those. They're sold through Amazon and Walmart. Clorox recalls 37 million bottles of pine salt that could contain bacteria. So you may want to follow up on that one. Clorox, check out their website for more information. Clorox is recalling 37 million bottles of pine salt. Dry shampoo aerosol products recalled over high levels of cancer-causing chemical. Never did agree with, never did like the idea of a dry shampoo Well, we got to be careful with those, all right? And doctors are concerned that worldwide helium shortage could stop hospitals from performing MRIs. That's not good. We hope they can have that resolved. In sports news, Spain prosecutors dropped charges against Neymar. He got saved. And Steph Curry scores 33 as Warriors hold off the heat 123 
to one ten. Good job, guys. Ah, dirt never kill a man yet. Them say the world's dirtiest man dies at ninety-four years old, following his first bath in more than sixty years. Wanna go be a demand for? And in ridiculous lawsuits, two Californians who bought Barilla pasta, they thought it was made in Italy. So now they're suing Barilla. And not only that lawsuit, but here's another one. Two customers sue California Weed Company over alleged low THC levels in purchase weed. Them never get high enough. <laughs> I gotta do my wrap up. Bear with me one moment here, Clubhouse. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe it. The world gets crazier, right? Thank you to all the listeners who logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, log on to QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And thank you to everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me you're listening to coffee and tow world news on the go we do this every monday through friday 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views remember you can follow me on twitter me media moments on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on tiktok moments with me media Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask you this one huge favor that you please be safe. Hit that reset button, get some rest, and come back strong to face next week. Uh, we're close this week. Hold on, when does it close out? The 31st is the last day to get your squats in. 50 squats a day challenge as we recognize breast cancer awareness month the month of october have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend my listeners on qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com this is moments with me signing out